welcome back to the darkest of insights i am your host vader van odin and it's becoming way too much of a habit that i'm leading these i need some of my co-hosts to jump in so i don't have to take lead and on that note we are very excited and proud to announce we have introduced a new host uh he will be the host with the most coming going forward and that is uh everyone knows him as ninja badger seven or as we like to call him, Matt. Hello, that's what uh, my mum calls me. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. welcome. Yeah, it's a bit weird if she called me Ninja Badger 7. <laughs> uh, not... Can we make that happen? It would, it'd be way cooler if she did. I'm going to try. She would, actually, to be fair. She, well, no, <laughs> nice. t- tell a lie. She actually calls me Badger because when we, when we email each other and on the phone, so that's her nickname for me anyway. So. Oh, that's uh, super cute. Yeah. It's, I don't know where it's going, but I call her Small Mother because she's quite little. And, you know, I just, I even put it in a, a birthday cards and Christmas cards and stuff. I'm like, so Mother's Day coming up next month, it's, you know, too small mother. You know, even, like, even the other day, I emailed her saying, um, oh, what would you like for small Mother's Day? You know, and things like that. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Does it mean you get her little presents because she's smaller? <laughs> if only. Yeah, but the problem is these, the small ones cost a lot more money. She's like, oh, yeah, you can get me a diamond. I'm like, mum, do you know what I do for a living? <laughs> that ain't happening. <laughs> no. Well, I'm very excited to have you on in the team. Thank you very much. So thanks thanks for joining us. Um, and you and Josh have a very similar accent, so we won't even notice. No, actually, I, unfortunately, <laughs> I can't compete with him in the beard game. I mean, I've got, no, I, no, I do no have a beard, but I mean, when you're the, when you're the morbidest of all beards, then, you the know. The godliest of all exactly. beards. Exactly. So it's, um, it, it, it feels quite surreal, actually, because I... I was thinking about this earlier that a couple of years ago I got well few fair few years ago I got into listening to podcasts and one of the f- main podcasts I first got into was the Bonfireside uh, chat guys uh, Cole and mm-hmm. um, Gary and then obviously that led me to finding this show and then I've gone from finding this show to guesting on it and now I'm one of the hosts now it's quite weird I'm I'm, 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 is, I'm choking up here now I'm getting <laughs> emotional um, <laughs> but no it's awesome I can't wait for this yeah, well, um, I saw your tweet about how your three-year anniversary on Twitter mm. and and how it's crazy that, that we have this cool little community yeah. uh, built around Twitter, really, and podcasts. Yeah. And I'm much the same. It's weird, I was, isn't it? I was, Cause you, you sort of I be, was a nobody. Was that? Well, uh, you're never a nobody, Vader. <laughs> Not now. <laughs> but no, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because you end up sort of following the same people, chatting to the same people. And sometimes you think, oh, I want to really talk. Because there's certain people in our community that... I've never spoken to and I'm like I want to speak to them but it's trying to it's a bit like in real life you don't just randomly speak to people well you you may do if you're that sort of person but um (laughs) but on here there's a few people in our community that are thinking you know what I've you know I've liked a few of your statuses you've liked a few of mine but we've never actually spoken but then it it happens doesn't it really eventually that will all come full circle and it's it's but it's nice because we've got a nice community everyone likes similar sort of things especially souls uh, which is obviously quite important with this episode um and <laughs> it's it's awesome and and then it's funny because we've got this little podcast podcast network almost haven't we? because like some people host with like you know obviously you host with dave on crouching tiger hidden podcast i host with him on monster monster and then me and cameron are now starting another podcast and and then we've guested on each other's and yeah it's all you know it's all bro it's very cool it's all cool it's it's my highlight of my week having to get into chat with some cool cool people and and talk about video games Mm. and and kung fu podcast kung fu movies it's it's very cool definitely i really like it so it's it's really awesome that you're you've just you've put your hand up and 
joining us. We can blame you can blame Cliff because he sort of because I sort of went, oh, I'll help you if you want. He's like, come aboard. I was like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I've got nothing better to do on a Friday <laughs> evening, so uh, no. <laughs> well, we should, we've actually got another another guest here. We shouldn't leave him hanging too much longer. Um, but this is actually uh, relevant to what you just said about our cool community. Uh, we just found out that uh, a very cool uh, friend of the show, um, or some say Cosm, Visceral Queen, uh, put Mark onto us. Uh, so thanks to her and thanks to you, Mark, for coming and joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you guys, especially after we had like an hour of outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we took a while to warm up and chat about rugby uh, and music and games. So now we're ready to chat properly about video games. Um, uh, Mark, so you're a musician, games musician, developer, awesome, all-round awesome dude. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, so um, I'm a composer. Oh, I'm just I'm overall just like the audio person uh, for a lot of different games right now. I do a little bit of sound design, um, dialogue editing, but I specialize with doing uh, with doing music, and that's what I I'm most well known for. That and doing horror music in general. Ah, oh, cool. Um, what also, what games do you? Can oh, you tell sorry. us what games you're working on? Oh, yeah. So um, I'm working on Undead Darlings, which is a visual novel dungeon crawler hybrid style game. Mm. Um, it's pretty fun. Um, I'm working on uh, let's see a game called Little Hawk. It's a really cool platformer that I don't want really to give too much detail into yet until, we, until I know what I can and can't say about it. Fair enough, fair enough. And I'm also working on a couple of augmented reality uh, titles and developing oh, nice. my own game. Oh, very cool. Wow. Very cool. Nice. Um, that first game definitely will tickle the fancy of a few of our people in our community and one of our co-hosts, and probably you too, Matt. Yeah, um, definitely. We've got a huge horror fan base so, around here. Mm-hmm. So, like, Undead Darlings isn't super horror. It's more... It's about... It, the entire game is a bunch of, like... Uh, they're, like, cute zombie girls. So, <laughs> it's not, it's <laughs> okay. not horror. It's not, like... I'm I'm still waiting to get to do horror stuff because uh, I I work in horror for live attractions. So like um, uh, I don't know if you've heard of like Knott's Berry Farm or um, yes, yeah, yeah. So I've done music for places like those. Um, so like I've I've taken like violin bows onto like futon frames and uh done stuff like that to make really unnerving sounds and I've made soundtracks for places like those. But I've never actually done a horror game yet, but that probably is changing soon. Very cool. Nice. Yeah. It sounds like you got a pretty entertaining career if yeah. you've, you've built yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm I really like it. Um uh, I've I've recently been doing a lot of electronic music, so I've been, I decided like, I think like last week that I'm just going to start like making a, uh, a Viking Norse album, just, oh, just to nice. keep doing, uh, orchestra stuff. And, uh, so I'm starting on that and it's, it's breaking up the monotony of four, four kick drums. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Norse thing, uh, 
tickles my fancy. I'm, mm. I'm the, I, I love my Viking stuff. Um, Vader Van Odin. My yep. son's called Odin. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasing the title. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I do like. I like. I like the sound of that. Uh, yeah. I <laughs> so mean, yes, the it, reason why I did it was because of one of the games I'm going to be talking a lot about today. So, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, oh yes. yeah, yes, that is a very good game. <laughs> very good game. Well, um, I don't want to like I don't want to like break up the routine and then no, you're <laughs> we're, we're like already going into games. <laughs> well, no, you're good. You're good. Actually, I was going to ask you a quick question, Mark. If you had a you know based on what you've worked on and currently working on, if you had like an ideal sort of project, you know whether it's sort of an ideal sort of get, you know what would be your sort of sort of thing. So it's actually the one that I'm making myself. Oh, um, nice. So I, there's a certain type, like, um, so I, I can talk about it because I'm the one that's designing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the game is called Promised Land, and um, mm-hmm. we're doing a demo for it, and it's going to be, um, it's Souls-ish, but I took the things that I liked about the Souls, and I took, combined it with things that I really enjoy about other game formats. So I really like Shadow of the Colossus because I don't like to be weighed down with anything. I just like boss fights. But yep. I like the boss fights to be really challenging with the Soul series. So I like I did a lot of combinations of like taking references from different things that I really enjoy. And I really kind of like condensed it into one center idea of like uh weapon focused combat versus leveling up, um and um all of the bosses having very unique styles and also different like a, it's a very strong theme everything is set in a um an apocalyptic ancient greece and wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh all the story is told through fresco art instead of by text or anything so you can kind of like choose your own level of involvement for the story itself and um yeah there's a it, it's I'm I'm really enjoying it. Plus, the, each type of weapon has its own speciality. Uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. That sounds amazing. That really that sounds, sounds really cool. encouraging. Um, how, how far yeah, so, are you how far are you into it then? Or like making progress? So I think um, I think we're gonna be able to have it done have the demo done by summer. Um, that's that's the goal is to have it out that way we can start like sending it off to people to test out and see what needs fixed. We've been most of the Dark time insight. we've been like <laughs> yeah. hint hint. Wink. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Nudge, nudge. But you're gonna, you guys are gonna be angry. You guys are gonna be so angry because uh, the center theme of the game is sacrifice and um so the core mechanic, one of the core mechanics is that whenever you kill bosses you get a piece of them and you can either use that to empower yourself or save your progress oh Oh, interesting so um if you like shut off the game you you start up there however if you die it's over unless you have used it to like actually save your progress so like it tethers your soul to an area uh, okay um, and then, like the minor, uh, the minor bosses, they get, they drop things that either empower your weapon or empower your armor. So 
at all points in time, you have to decide what your priority is as a player. And certain things are going to obviously make the game easier for you. However, other things are going to make the game a great deal riskier. However, it's going to make it a little bit, like, it for the people that want that sort of level of challenge, you can go in without using any of those things to empower yourself or save. Or you can just say, fuck it, I'm speedrunning this, and just keep powering yourself up <laughs> and powering up your weapon. Yeah, so, yeah. so I like... That's what I like about the Souls games. Yeah. There's, um, there's the added more risk, the, the greater the reward. And that's what it yeah. sounds like here is you can build yourself up and get more powerful, but there's a, a bigger risk of having to uh, to lose that progress. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's interesting concept. I yeah. Like it. It's done in a more interesting way because obviously you've got games like Lords of the Fallen, which did that, mm-hmm. but it was just sort of like a stat based, wasn't it? Where you get, oh yeah, you get 1.2 yeah. <laughs> worth of uh, XP, etc. Whereas that's actually more sort of narrative driven which i think that's, I think that's really cool are you, are you doing it as part of a team or is it just a solo project uh it's a part of a team we all work in games or different sorts of entertainment but we all wanted to like work on this together um and so we've we came together and just start doing this on our time away from our main projects mm-hmm. cool. and then uh yeah, so like the thing that's been taken with the longest is just animation timing, especially for the the boss fight. Because whenever you see the boss, you're like you're you're not gonna be comfortable. Uh, <laughs> it we I, I I've done horror direction for so long that I was just like I'm gonna design something that's taking a bunch of parts of different creatures and pushing it together and seeing what happens. And, uh, Interesting. And uh, a lot of uh, one of the one of the things that I well, I've been pushing for that I've done myself is we're working on a dynamic lighting system to where all the lighting in the game is going to be based off of the torches and the actual fire in the game. So we're trying to make it so like whenever like a torch would fall off of the wall, the lighting will go with it. That's cool. Oh. Yeah, it's cool. Nice. What? What what, yeah, what sounds, I was gonna say what what exciting. formats are you looking to do it on? So the demo I'm hoping to just have out on PC, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna be talking to publishers about it because there's in the design document that I have written we have like 18 bosses uh, already planned, and uh, we have a, I have a secondary other six that I want to do, but I don't know if we're gonna like ever get that far so i haven't like fleshed them out that much but we have i have a bunch of them already like sketched out and uh we're just basically we're gonna release on pc and then afterwards i really want to release onto a console because i mainly console game just because if i'm at my if i'm in my office i'm gonna end up working (laughs) fair point it's usually the other way around for most people. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um, that's sounding really cool. It's so you said it's like uh, post-apocalyptic uh, Greece? Um, yeah. Uh, the center story is that people are... Um, so th- if there's anyone that, that's religious that watches this, I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, it's centered around Old Testament uh, sort of scenario where all the angels are really wrathful and they okay. just yep. they torment humans and 
they basically are dishing out plagues, like it's a fire sale. And uh, so, like, people are obviously unhappy, and because they're unhappy, they stop worshiping God. And the angels are only focused on wrath and not and not praising God. So God doesn't really have a purpose anymore, and so he loses his ability to exist. And so the angels have basically imprisoned humanity. And uh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Then people start getting born with this angelic material that that gives that essentially gives the angel power, and then humans are starting to like notice that it's a cancer type. So it like it feeds off of the host unless it's satiated by like power. So unless yep. you're giving it power, it's going to kill you and turn you into monsters. Okay. And so, so it gives you a lot of freedom with the the design of the bosses from the sounds yeah. of it. Because that's what I was leading to was asking: Is it going to be kind of you know Greek mythology type mm -hmm. based enemies? But it sounds like it's you've got a bit more freedom to. Yeah, it's the Greek mythology is just like a time period. Uh, everything else okay. is kind of loose as far as like um, all of the monsters, except for the demons, the fallen angels, and the angels, have were human at one point. Everything okay. else was a human at one point. And so, whenever you fight these other monsters, like there's a there's a monster that's a normal monster, then you're like. Oh, it's this, and then you get a closer look at it, and you're like, "Oh, it's not," and like it, it really unnerves people. So yeah, everything at one point was human, unless it's like a giant crow monster. Cool. So yeah. tapping into a little bit of like the the demon souls, where the power changes and creating, they become mm -hmm. demons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like. Um, whenever the, the, the material is called grace and whenever the grace basically it if it's not being satiated it pulls the actual life force out of the person and contorts them into something that can gain power so it like it, it purposely deforms the, the the host so that it can eventually suit its own needs mm -hmm. and that's why they become monsters yeah it sounds it sounds really cool yeah um yeah, excited. To I already see want to play that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, got to wait. <laughs> we're we there's like there's so much that's been going into like the level design and just trying to figure out like the overall like uh, story and just getting to point B that it's it's driving me mad because we I, I want to get it out because there's just so much cool stuff that we that we're doing with it and I'm I'm really excited because we're we only have one weapon in the demo, but we have uh, four weapon types that we're going to be working with in the game, and each one of them has like a certain speciality to them. Like the twin blades, which is what's going to be in the demo, it, they're all based off of flow, so you kind of behave like a ballerina, and uh, mm -hmm. that one it has uh, invulnerability frames baked into it, so whenever you attack... If you if you do what's called a pirouette, it spins and there's an audio cue as you attack. And if you do it in time, you get part of your stamina refreshed. That's oh, cool. cool. That is really cool. Yeah. Yep. So it's a little bit. Um, Neo has that in mm. it, which I liked. I really like that. Mm. 
And then, uh, yeah, and then uh, the axes have an active sunder effect, where if you hit the same area, it starts dealing more damage over time. Um, then there's like long swords, which have active parry, which is like as you're swinging, you can uh, you have like a window where you can uh, activate. I think it's L1 on a PlayStation controller. But it'll change from you swinging to going into a parry instead. And then, uh, what's the last one? I forgot what the last one was. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the, the clubs and the clubs and the hammers. And they, they directly attacked the enemy's stamina as well as their health. Okay, nice. Nice. So there's a little bit of variety. I like it. Yeah, so um, I think what I like, like the sound of it is, and this is not dismissive to any other game designers, but it sounds like you put a lot of thought into this. Um, again, I'm not saying other game designers don't, because obviously they oh, do, yeah. but you know, sometimes game, you know, games can be a bit lazy when they come out, whereas it sounds like what you're putting together makes a lot of sense. So yeah, no, that sounds really promising. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I, I've worked on the games that I've worked on like even as a personal project I've I I sat on for a while and I've like fleshed them out to a point where I'm like, okay, this is worth going into. But I mean like a lot of other developers do the same and it's just I think that most of the time, especially for the indie scene, we, we see more often that an indie developer uh most of the time they, they, they have an idea for what they want it to be, but like financial restrictions are awful for yeah. a lot of mm-hmm. people like a lot of the things that you want to achieve and it just so happens that the demo is only possible because we're all of us already have jobs that pay us enough to be like uh pay us enough to not have to take outside work and so we take the spare time that we have to work on the stuff that we want to bring to the world that's cool awesome because that's the thing yeah i like the indie scene because people take risks because they try new things triple a yep. we tend to get a lot of the same <laughs> um yeah. but unfortunately indie doesn't necessarily have the money to to push those ideas to their fullest so it's kind of a catch-22 yeah so, and i mean that's why i'm as addicted to hellblade as i am and i'm going <laughs> to i can't wait to not shut up about that game <laughs> we'll get to it we'll get to it yeah. this is our second foreshadowing yeah <laughs> um but yeah, it's Hellblade is very good. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, you also have just released a C- an album, uh, yeah. Souls and Blood. Just tell us about that quick, and then we'll. Yeah. So the uh, the album I released it last year, but now it has a physical disc because the community like the community kind of like rallied around it way more than I thought was even possible. Um, That's I cool. Made it just because I like Dark Souls was like the first game that I fell in love with. Uh, like I like other than me playing like Altered Beast and really being nostalgic for it, uh, or like anything like that. It this is like the first gaming experience where I was just encaptured by a game, and so I wanted to pay homage to that and make something um, that that was my that was my take on the things that I love so much about it. And so I I started like playing around with the idea and I reached out to a couple friends and was like, hey, if I just re if I just 
made a bunch of dark, like dark orchestra tracks based around Dark Souls. Would you be interested in it? And everyone was kind of like, "Yeah, we want that." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um. um what- so, yeah, it's yeah. very cool. I've had a, I've had a good listen. Um, my favorite track would be the, uh, Amygdala. Yeah, track. I like, I that, like one. that one. Yeah, I was listening to a few. Yeah, it was that was nice because it was nice and dark and atmospheric. And um, I think the one I liked was the Eyes of a Firekeeper, the one with the, okay. the with the female vocals on it. Was it Laura? Yeah. Laura, somebody that you that joined yeah, Laura you? And Chavia. Yeah, she. I, what I particularly liked about that one is that you, I could have seen it on quite a few other types of games as well, like. Like it would be great over a credits roll at the end of a game. I could have seen it in something like a near. I know it's not the, maybe the intention of it, but something like a near automata or even a JRPG as well. There's there's something about it that I think you could use this on. I could you know if I heard it on a lot of games, I would you know I wouldn't have I wouldn't it wouldn't have been out of place at all. So uh, first of all, that was entirely to the credit of of Laura. She is incredible. <laughs> I, I wrote the melody and was I wrote the melody and like uh, I wrote it as an instrumental and I sent it over to Laura and as she was in the middle of recording the flute for the Father of the Beast and I was like hey I kind of think that this would like would fit for a vocalist and she took a look at it and she and then she fired an entire like like lyric sheet at me within a day I think. <laughs> uh, she just she was like send me source material and like that's the and then she came back in a day with this with the entire pretty much the entirety of of the lyrics that were that we used in it we had some minor edits but it was just it was unreal it, it, was, it was unreal how good she was mm-hmm. where she is and um but by the way thank you for saying amygdala that's like the least popular track on the entire album, and that is my favorite. Yeah, it's really good. Don't, yeah, I, I don't know why, because it's it, like it's, I said, it's perfect for well for the theme of what you're trying to pull off. It's it's everyone says it's like too tense, and I'm just like, it's that's what that's what's the point of yeah. it. <laughs> I was like, it's a giant spider dude. Yeah, like, what? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I that one and Throne of Want are like my two favorite and the only reason why Throne of Want is my favorite is because I, I made that in four hours and I don't understand how so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the amygdala one it fits perfectly with the the, the time setting like the because the Bloodborne's kind of in the Georgian period it's mm-hmm. that kind of just pre-industrial type era in our, in our world and it just seems to fit it, like it fits really well with the tension the feel of it the sound of it and yeah i really like yeah. it. it i really like that one definitely yeah. and it's not, not saying anything bad about the rest of the no, tracks no. it's just that one <laughs> stuck out no, to me no, no. i i totally get it I, I i have my favorites like amygdala will always be whenever someone is like hey what uh like show me a preview of of the album i'm always like listen to this one because <laughs> it's gonna set the tone. Like everyone else is like Dark Sun. Like there's always like uh, the fan favorites or like the the favorite whatever. Uh, but like the the favorites have been always Battle of Dragons mm. and Battle of Dragons, Dark Sun, and um, Eyes of, Eyes of the Firekeeper and Arena's Darkness. Mm. And I I I love Eyes of the Firekeeper and Arena's Darkness because. Um, because the vocals in there make them incredible. Uh, but but as far as like instrumentals go, like, Amygdala has always been my favorite, and it's going to stay that way just because of 
every time I listen to it, I'm just like, I I, I remember I played um, my my friend Margaret and I we played through all of Dark Souls three together twice, and um, all of Bloodborne together twice, and Gosh. that we did that as I was writing the album. So we did that over the course of like eight months. Wow. And 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 I remember like. I I found the the code to get uh the the chalice dungeon amygdala and I remember just like fighting that thing for for, for like easily a week trying to figure out what it sounded like and I, there was no music during the fight at all so I was just like I, I had to to make it up as I was as I was trying to like not die from this thing <laughs> And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm super happy about that because that was the one I, that was the one fight that I got to really like dive really deep into. This is a combat track. This is the only thing that's that matters. Is that it's a combat track. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. I I, I can definitely see that. Uh, there's actually I've mentioned this a few times, so people who've listened to the show a lot will know and may remember this. But the very the founding host of the show he did the first episode solo and I listened to that episode while fighting um, Amygdala in the Defiled Chalice and I beat it while listening to this, the very first episode of this podcast. <laughs> um, and I tried many times because it's not an easy fight no. in the Defiled Chalice. <laughs> um, yeah, and so it, got a lot of history with Amygdala. If, I, if there was any uh, Bloodborne um, chalice dungeon creature that I would just be like that I would never be able to make a song for. It would have been that the the giant lava dog. That, oh yeah, um, fuck. Whatever you're like half health. <laughs> yeah, that was hard too. And it's just it blinks at you. It coughs in your direction. And you're like, oh fuck, I'm dead. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I spent a month on that. Thing. <laughs> I was yes, just that was like, hard too. Oh my god! I was on like New Game Plus Six. I was like, I was running through. I was clowning on everything. I was like, yeah, I got this. And I was like, I'm gonna do some Chalice Dungeon before I go and I get the living hell beat out of me by Orphanocosm. And then I then then that then like then Fido shows up and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be bad. Oh, it was bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's a hard one yeah it's the, the uh, what, watch, dog. watchdog of the old lords isn't it i think yeah yeah yes. i think that's the one let it all out mark <laughs> it's like a therapy session that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it definitely is <laughs> well cool um it's, you've got your finger in a lot of musical pies mm. uh, from the from yeah. sounds of it <laughs> I'm releasing uh, nine albums this year. Wow. So, yeah. oh, prolific. <laughs> Heck. Yeah, four of them are already finished and it's it's the end of February. So it's it's been a it's been a busy year thus far. Yep. Sounds good. Um well thanks for taking the time to join us and I'm glad we can shout out to our, our listeners what you do. It's very cool. Um, yeah, I'm really glad to be on here, and it's it's really cool to be on like a podcast where everyone is already like really like really chill, and we already get along really well because it's like 
I already, I already feel like, yeah, these are friends. Let's do this. <laughs> it's because you, yeah. it's because you find That's... rugby and souls in common with everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. Remember, we're not allowed to talk survive. rugby. We're not allowed to talk rugby. Yeah, it's not not the R word. Um, yeah, I got, I take us on rugby tangents every every so often, so. <laughs> I don't need encouraging. Um, weather. We need to talk about the weather. Yeah, it's important or stuff. The weather. The podcast gods will strike us down. They will. Um, yes, they will. Uh, so, Mark, why don't you uh, lead us? And how's the weather in your neck of the woods today? So it's garbage and uh, <laughs> absolute garbage. It is. Uh, it is February, the end of February, where it's supposed to be snowy, cold, and wonderful, and it is. 18.8 degrees Celsius or 66 degrees Fahrenheit. That is bullshit. Fuck this <laughs> I want snow I and I'm getting sunny skies all over the place. No. That's not what I signed up for when I move <laughs> like when I when I live in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you want your snow. Fair enough. <laughs> That's kind of funny though, because I was expecting to say it was like blizzards and stuff, and you can't get outside, and cause that's usually what we get from people. <laughs> no, I, I find trapped in my house because there's snow everywhere. I'm just like, yeah, this is the ideal situation. Yeah, Forces you to keep working. Yeah, yeah. I, can't I get the impression you're. I get the impression you're a bit of a workaholic. <laughs> It's like I had to be really motivated to 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 do other things because I really enjoy what I do. Good, like yeah, it's good. Yeah, not uh, many people get to say no, that. exactly. Yeah, and that and like most of my friends live on the other side of the country or just not on the same continent as me. So I'm just mm-hmm. like, what I would just rather hang out, play video games with them, and uh, and then like whenever they go and fuck off and do whatever they want, or play, like then I can just. Go back to working or, uh, what, what am I saying? Oh, well, we'll get that. We'll get to that. We'll get <laughs> Save that for that. Yeah. <laughs> what, what about you, Matt? How's your weather? Well, it, I, well, to contrast that, in a word, it's cold here in, uh, in Blighty. It's obviously, it, we're approaching the, uh, the spring at the moment. And the problem is at the moment, it's, we've, we've got forecasts of snow next week. Which obviously, do you want to like switch locations? Yeah, we'll swap over. You know, we'll have a word, have a word with the weatherman and say, "Can you just swap yeah. it with Pittsburgh, please?" Um, no, it's 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 freezing at the moment. It, the problem is we're having a bit of a contrast because, like I said, the 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 nights are getting lighter now because obviously the clocks will be going forward soon, which is great because obviously it's been dark for a few months now, and you know when you you're finishing work and you're getting out and it's it's dark and it you know and people obviously have, you know gets people down a bit sometimes, but then we got like I said it's got it's getting frosty now and it's it's a weird weird contrast you know you're thinking hang on it's now like the light looks like it's the sun's coming yet it's freezing so um and obviously being this country we struggle with snow you know we don't know what to do. We just we just chuck a bit of salt around and think oh, that'll do. So um, yeah, um, but but like you, Mark, if if I get snowed in, um, the problem is my work will probably say, yeah, we you can work from home then <laughs> when I could be playing games instead. So yeah, yeah, cold. The cold. The the goal is to like have I I, I have a TV mounted directly above. My uh, my workstation, nice. and my computer. So it's like, oh, I'll just, I'll just, you know, I just might have a PS4 controller just sitting on my desk. I don't know why, <laughs> but 
But this, you never know what happens. This is a man living yep. the dream, I think. <laughs> That's what <laughs> yep. he's putting us to shame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That, that's why I, I start work seven in the morning so I can finish at three. So I have like a full afternoon to do to do stuff. Yeah, good plan. Um, nice. Yep. Um, and I will report and finish off the uh, weather triangle. Um, it is, <laughs> well, it's been very warm this summer and I've reported on that a few times. But this week we've been hit with X cyclone Gita, which unfortunately did a lot of damage to the pacific islands so like samoa tonga uh were hit quite badly and a lot of homes were were t- taken out and then it came down to new zealand and it was just it was a bad storm and a lot of water but the, the winds had died down so it wasn't damage from that it was just damage from the water um there's a few slips down south but we were fine so it's been it dropped to like six degrees in temperature because of the the storm but it's a sunny day today nice. so i'm gonna be out in the garden uh doing a veggie patch after we finish recording <laughs> so yeah, i'm i'm now you i'm surrounded by guys definitely living the dream here you know i think god what am I, I need to find something to do after this <laughs> veggie patches and uh, tvs above their their workstations it's great yeah, you'll be off to bed probably. Yeah, probably will actually. <laughs> <laughs> Sad to say. Uh, the downside yeah, to that's... living the dream, I just want to let you know, my sleep schedule is completely destroyed. Uh-huh. I've like I've gone to bed uh like seven or eight AM normally now. I don't I don't know what's going on with that situation. No, oh, you're up all night. I thought well, that probably explains why you were ready to record a day early yesterday. Yeah. You're in the chat, <laughs> yeah. aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i was like chilling out in the chat for what like 20 minutes and then you sent me a message like hey man um so it's thursday <laughs> that is awesome i was thinking about you thinking they're like where is everyone <laughs> they're trying to t- they're trying to tell me something here <laughs> yeah i was like what is going on and then i it just it never even remotely crossed my mind that it could not be any day other than friday <laughs> Yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, it was Friday here in New Zealand, but it's Saturday now. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're still a day ahead. Um, but yeah, it was good times. Good times. We love the enthusiasm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I was ready. <laughs> so we have a couple of uh, items of news uh, Nintendo eShop pre order refunds. Mm. Who, who chucked us in here? Uh, yeah, it's me. I put, I put the news in this week. It was, I must admit, it was difficult yep. finding news this week. It's a bit of a, yeah, sometimes it it's a bit of rubbish. <laughs> and unfortunately, both news things I find this week are quite negative, unfortunately, but you know, it is, what it, it is what it is. Yeah, I was just was reading earlier that the, that <sighs> Nintendo's being a bit bad again when it comes to their old school policies because it's a shame with Nintendo because they, they're really good at what they do when it comes to the gaming side of things, but they, their business side of things is still a bit archaic at times. But basically, they um, this uh, group in Norway, it's the Norwegian Consumer Council, um, who obviously looks after you know Norwegian consumers, have basically sort of written to Nintendo saying that they're breaking the law. Because basically what Nintendo are doing is when you pre-order something on the eShop, um, they're not letting you do a refund. So, and obviously, you know, this NCC have kicked off at Nintendo saying, look, 
it's just against consumer. You're not, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. Um, obviously, Nintendo have responded basically saying, eh, shove off, we're doing what, <laughs> we're, we're fully compliant with the European yes, laws, et cetera, et cetera. And, it, and it's a shame, really, because it's just, oh, the reason I looked at it is thinking it's a bit of needless bad press for Nintendo because they've had, they've had such a good, mm. you know, last year or so with a Switch. I mean, I'm literally, you know, on the verge of buying a Switch and, you know, jumping in there do it um um, but no i will i will definitely get a switch probably in the next month or two and but it's just things like that i mean this wouldn't put me off buying a switch i'm not i don't think it's that bad but you're just thinking come on nintendo because obviously they're getting bad they've had bad press with like what they do with youtubers where they're basically you know they've got that nintendo program which means they take youtubers money off them and or share the money um which you know they're the only one that does seem to do that and then obviously I, mean, I think the last time I was guesting, we were talking about the, what's it then, their online pass, whatever, you know, their, their equivalent of the PS Plus and such like, I think. Mm-hmm. And that was a bit, yeah. you know, had pros and cons and such like. So, I, yeah, I just think it's, they've, you know, I don't think this is really going to go much further than this. I think, like I said, Nintendo have sort of said, you know, you know piss off <laughs> basically to the NCC. But, um, but from what I was reading as well, the, this group seemed to be doing it a lot, actually. I don't know why. I don't know why this particular group in Norway. They've really got. They really got it. You know, on their uh, soapbox here. They, but I think they've they've like criticised like Sony's one. They've. I think it's only Steam's refund policy they're happy with. Oh, I think yes, yeah, so it's Origin and Steam's that are, they're happy with. But everyone else they don't like. So, yeah. Uh, Mark, have you got a Switch at all? I wish I, I had to pick one up. Um... I had to pick one up before I leave for Seattle on the 28th, uh, just because I'm going to be I'm going to be on a plane pretty much every week of uh, every week of March at least once. So I mean, like they're so good for flying that it's just I have to have one at this point. Yeah, yeah, definitely they're really good. Um, it is. I agree with what you've said, Matt. It's it's a shame because Nintendo have made some real leaps and bounds with their kind of marketing and and their <clears throat> what they're doing but then they seem to take this is a big step backwards in some ways yeah. and, it, and you're right it's not going to make a big difference to most people but it's it would be a nice gesture to make some changes in that regard yeah that's that's what i'm saying is that it's just i think they they slightly let themselves down i mean all the you know sony microsoft nintendo and all the others they all do it i'm not you know as in they all let themselves down at times but you just think that especially in this day and age with the internet and social media and, you know, and gamers being gamers, they pick, you know, people pick up on this sort of stuff and, you know, get vocal about it. And it's just, you know, thinking, come on, Nintendo, get, get with the times, you know, you've, you've made a console, uh, you know, considering how badly or relatively badly the Wii U did, even though I must admit, I do actually really like the Wii U. Um, I'm one of two people probably in the world. Um, <laughs> but, sorry. I said I'm the other one. Yeah, exactly. Like, me and Mark, we're you know we're uh, we're we you bros. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're leading a charge, and we're, <laughs> we're bringing the Wii U back. No, um, and uh, it's, for the Wii U. <laughs> it's 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 just a shame because I just think that like I said, they're just letting themselves down a bit. And but yeah, it it is what it is, isn't it really? I just, I'm I'm sure there's always chance they'll change their minds and keep the uh, people in Norway happy but um I mean if you because you've obviously you're a big Nintendo fan 
uh, Vader. You do you, you know? Do, do you think that they should be doing something about this? I mean, is it like have you, have you had to you know potentially cancel a pre order or anything like that? I've never pre ordered anything on the eShop. Ah, oh, fair uh, enough. To be mm. honest, um, but I, I think they should. People should have the freedom oh. to make change their mind. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can, I can see if there are pre-order specials and bonuses that people get access to and can abuse and use by pre-ordering and then cancelling. I can understand it. <clears throat> yeah, like what people do at like physical stores. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to get those beta keys. But I, Nintendo don't really do that. No. They don't really have pre-order bonuses or beta keys and things like that. So, yeah, yeah. It's just I suppose to me with when it comes to cancelling pre-orders, especially when it's a digital game. It's no skin off anyone's nose, is it really? Because at least when with physical stuff, if you you know with pre-orders, you know they have to it changes their stock levels potentially. You know, think oh, you know, X amount of people have pre-ordered this game. We need to, you know, Amazon, you need to make sure you've got this many copies. You know, they have to sort mm. of do their stock levels. To, with digital, there's no because there's no physical product. It doesn't matter really. You know, I just think it's sort of a way of trapping people really into the thing. And I think what the article's basically saying, the reason they shouldn't be trapped by that is the fact that they're not, that no money has changed hands at that point. You know, you haven't actually, you know, yeah, you know, you've said, right, charge me, you know, on the day of release or, you know, a couple of days before. But if it's before that, then no money's changed hands. But they've, I think basically what they've been a bit cheeky, what they've done is they've put a little, like acknowledgement, like a little tick box that basically says that, you know, you consent that Nintendo, you know, have done their bit and you can't cancel, basically. But, you know. Yeah. And their terms and conditions. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, it's probably going to affect very few people. It's only someone who maybe situations change and they can't actually afford to buy it. Yeah. Um, But again, it's going to be a very low percentage. Exactly. Don't pre-order unless you know you want want the game. Oh, we've got a new host. New host. We've got Suri trying to get in this conversation. (laughs) Come on. Sorry. Come on, Suri. We're trying to talk here. (laughs) I know. Suri's got a watch. (laughs) Suri's got an opinion on it. My phone's on in the room. Yeah. (laughs) My phone's on the room, but my watch is. um... Sorry about that. (laughs) Yeah. That was that was, yeah. that was better than the news story, probably. <laughs> it's like it yeah, shows it what a poor week it is. This is the start of the news. <laughs> um, and then on a similar negative note, we've got Middle Gear Survive. Um, I saw this mm. as well, um, so I can explain what this. Basically, to have a, an extra save or character, you have to pay to access, uh, have more slots. That is so wrong. Which... <laughs> It's a bit cheeky. I guess it's similar to what MMOs do, but they're a different kettle of fish. I guess they're not really the same thing as a kind of. No, it's it, it's it's. There's no reason for it. I think, um, it, apart from obviously making more money, it's just it's just a really cheeky thing to put in. I mean, I can I can draw the line at cosmetics and things like that, but I mean, in so many games like the like these, having multiple characters is sort of just bread and butter. Really, it's just part of. Mm-hmm. part of the package it's just you know the fact that i know i know i suppose it's redeemed slightly the fact that the game's quite cheap anyway it's not a full price game yes, in the first is, yeah. place but that doesn't give you a right to then charge for stuff like that really it's a bit i mean when i first saw it i think i, I think i actually swallowed off the back because i think you mentioned it on twitter mm. and i was i was like what you know i was of all the things i mean because what's 
frustrating as well is that this game is obviously getting some very mixed reviews mainly negative reviews just just because off the back of the fact it's a metal gear game and obviously a lot of metal gear solid fans are very they're pissed off about the whole kojima thing in the first place then they're pissed off the fact they've made a survival game using the metal gear name then the fact that the game for some people is i mean i've only played the beta and it was all right but for a lot of people it's not a very good game anyway. And then to add this on top, you know, I just think, oh, God. I mean, it makes Nintendo what I was, the previous article, fine. <laughs> this is just like, come on, <laughs> really? You know, yeah, but... it is a bit, I think this is very cheeky. Um, I, I really enjoyed the, the what I played at the beta. Yeah. I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it has much legs, but um, Alison um, guessed two episodes ago mm. on the show. She, she, she likes it, doesn't really she? really enjoying yeah. her time with it. And I think I would if I got the re- the full game. I think I would enjoy the gameplay. Yeah. Um, and it's it's what we always talk about. It's not the developers and the, the actual people who are creating the game. It's the publishers that spoil it for everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So don't go near big publishers. Don't go near Konami, Mark. Yeah. When, when you publishers yeah. for your game, there's a zero percent chance that I'm going to Konami anything. They'll they'll try and force you to put in some kind of gambling system yeah. somewhere in there. <laughs> Yeah. <sighs> yeah I, sit out of the, I sit out of the entire news conversation for a reason. Yeah, and it, it's I know it's just frustrating, but I mean it it's just it's the way the industry goes now, unfortunately. It's just I mean you either conform to it or you don't. Obviously, you know, a lot of companies don't, which is which is great, but you know, the, the it's just lining their pockets at the end of the day and you know, I it, it's beat I know it's beating a drum, but you know, it's just, you know, there's sometimes when you see these articles, part of you thinks, oh, you know, you've seen this before, like, here we go again. And then part of you thinks, oh, God, really? You know, we, it's just, you know, it's almost like it gets slightly lower again. You know, we've had things like what obviously happened with Shadow of War, you know, in recent times where the whole, you know, loot boxes in a single player game, which was nonsense. And then, you know, and then, and obviously Battlefront 2 obviously got a lot of bad stick as well. And then, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's just adding to it. And you're just thinking, you know, for people, for other companies, you know, people looking into this industry, they must be thinking what a joke it's turning into. I mean, luckily there's people like you, Mark, and obviously the guys you're working with that are making or starting to make, you know, really good individual games mm-hmm. that aren't part of this. And it, to be fair, it's, it's people like you and that are going to keep this industry going, really, for, for hardcore gamers and people that just want to play games and not get screwed over. Yeah, and I mean, like, the other thing is, like, there are, there are a lot of ways to, like, mess up uh, a release. And so, like, I... Like, on one hand, like, I, I, I'm the mindset where, like, I play games all the time, mm-hmm. um, and I, I work on these games, and it's like, so, on one hand, like, I see the, the player's perspective of, like, I, I fuck, like, man, I really liked Destiny 2 mm-hmm. whenever it came out, and, like, uh, but I didn't like the I didn't like how many microtransactions there were. Yeah. I still like playing the game. I just like mm. but I also I didn't like the microtransactions, but I just didn't buy them. Yeah, that's so a fair whatever. point. Yeah. Uh, but but then there's like other things like the the Metal Gear Survive thing, completely different. Like multiple saves, like you're you're basically you're paying for a core experience. Mm. And that's that, that's bullshit. Yeah. And then there's 
there's lots of other problems, but at the end of the day, like they're on the developer side, a, like a lot of the games industry is is as a whole, we're we're having an issue of like how are we able to um, how are we able to keep a game that's a AAA game at price point for Americans? It's sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. How are we going to be able to keep it at that price point? permanently but still be able to push the boundaries of of uh, art design of gameplay mechanics and be able to employ all these major people whenever getting a game that uh, does well in sales is such a heavy risk and so there's like I, I see the one side as to why microtransactions have been such a boom hmm. uh, in the in in the industry, because uh, like honestly, that's the only way that they the games can exist in some capacities. Um, like League of Legends is entirely based on microtransactions yep. at this point, um, and people can argue like it's a free game. Microtransactions are fine, and sure, that's that. But it's also like it actively is. The League of Legends is one of the games that really. Um, kind of started the influence of microtransactions, and that's not inherently negative. It's they've been able to thrive because of it, and people are just trying to be. People saw that they they were thriving because of it, and were like, okay, well, this might be a way that we can bridge the problem of us wanting to keep a sixty dollar price point and still able to uh, release content. And still be able to employ all these people and push the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a it's a big problem. That's why like the double A game uh, style that Hellblade. I'm gonna keep coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, um, I was like, gonna bring it up. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so like Hellblade was able to achieve amazing things because they they put a lot of investment into the game itself, mm-hmm. and they they put an astronomical amount of money into it. I can't even imagine like <clears> the. I can't even imagine having that much funding for a game. I I, I just can't mm-hmm. just because I I'm not that experienced in in design. But at but, the same time, like that's that's that much more risk that you're putting into something. Yeah, and, that's that's what I liked what they did because they they knew yeah. they were taking a risk. They yeah. did it to prove a point, and mm-hmm. they they achieved it. They've turned a profit. Absolutely. They funded it themselves, and. They have no like BS in the game, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. these other places. But that's that's what I that's what frustrates me is you're right. Like they, they sometimes they do need to make find a way to make money because they are a business. Mm-hmm. But it get, does get very greedy because not only are they trying to find ways to make extra money, they're actually taking things away from the base game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's the divide. That's the divide of it. It's like. Uh, as long as, like, in my opinion, this is my hardline standpoint. As long as you're not affecting the quality of gameplay to the entire audience, microtransactions go for it. I don't give a shit. Yep. Like, uh, but the moment you interfere with the core gameplay mechanic and you put a paywall in front of it, fuck you. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm done with you. Like, the reason why I don't play. Um, Destiny 2 is because you have to have the DLC in order to play the core game. Mm. What? Like, yeah, that's rubbish. Yeah, like that's that's not like even if I wanted to like I I just like 
I, I legitimately, I'm the worst Destiny player in the world. But like, <laughs> I just like driving in the vehicles most of the time and just like checking out the scenery and breaking <laughs> the game. Yeah. Like, that's where most of my entertainment came from. And I don't want to, I didn't want to like play the, I don't like the raids or anything like that. I just wanted to like goof off and treat it like an MMO. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so it's like, whenever you interfere with a core gameplay experience and you put it behind a paywall, that's whenever I have my bigger issue with, uh, with the game. Yep. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, I would, yeah. I would agree with that. I mean, it comes down to things like tolerance. At the end of the day, the the mm-hmm. problem is with I I I'm not against like you. I'm not against microtransactions. They do have a sure. place, and like I said, they you know if you look at games like Warframe, it you know it keeps them in business. But then that's the difference at the yeah. end of the day. If people will spend money if it, they feel it's warranted, you know, as gamers, yeah. we do that. We think how much we spend individually. Uh, you know, every year. No, we're, I don't want to. I do, yeah, exactly. I don't want to. It'll be scary. <laughs> exactly. But it comes down to, at the end of the day, for, again, we'll use Warframe as an example. People, including myself, have, you know, spent X amount of time in there. Some people have spent thousands of hours. Some people only, you know, a couple of 10, you know, 10 hours or so. But sometimes you think, you know what? I'm going to spend, well, for me, it was like seven pounds. I'm going to use that to buy some platinum to buy, you know, a fancy cape because capes are awesome. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's it, you know i think as adults you go you know what you whatever company you deserve my money you've you know you're not screwing me over you've done a damn good project and, and product i'm happy to you know to spend on it but then you get companies like like this and like ea and all the others and you think come on your pockets are so deep anyway why are you adding this on top as well and then the you know the, and then you get companies like cj then cd cd project red yeah get it out um you know who you know did the witcher or did the witcher 3 where they made two fantastic expansions probably some of the best dlc you you can play around if you like that sort of game that were fully priced but worth it and then they when the game came out they went here you go here's 16 bits of dlc you know, here's a new outfit. You know, they could have charged for that, but they didn't. You know, they didn't have to. Yeah. And and again, because people would happily think, you know what, when the expansion comes out or the season pass, I'm going to buy that because it's going to be worth it. And they've already given me a load of free DLC anyway. You know, people yeah. people aren't stupid at the end of the day. Well, the majority of people aren't, but unfortunately there are a few people well, who yeah. are. <laughs> and that's how, why they, they keep putting these sleazy... Mm-hmm. Um, money-making systems in these games i i have an issue if it's gambling as well if it's if it's random and it creates addiction i i can't stand yep. that agree with that um yeah. even if it is cosmetic just nah i um, i mean i play overwatch i'm again i'm really not good at it but i like playing overwatch but it like the cosmetic stuff never really like entices me i, I only play like three people so it, the, the cosmetic end of it never bothers me, but I know that I know friends that have dropped like two hundred dollars on the game, and I'm just like, fucking why? Like, there's and, nothing that you could have put two hundred dollars into that you that you like more after you already paid sixty dollars <laughs> for the game. Like, man, yeah. Or like Warframe, it's the, it's the... I put in like I think like twenty bucks. I, I bought the the PlayStation Plus pack hmm. um, for it, and I was just like. That was after I played it for a week and was like, holy shit, this is fun. I want to keep playing it and I want to make sure that they can, I want to do my part to help them stay in business. So I got the the PlayStation Plus pack for it and it was 
and I found a character I liked, and I really haven't deviated from it. But I'm just like, this is this is a lot of fun. I want to make sure that like I can help them stay in business in my own small way. Yeah, yeah, fair point. And that's the thing: you're enjoying it, and you're rewarding, as Matt said, the company that's, that's providing good content. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's almost like just asking for donations. It's like a fancy Patreon. Yeah, yeah. But it, but it uh, proves it works. Okay I mean, that's what happens with, yeah. with normal patrons, people that do, you know, podcasts and YouTube channels. You know, they end up making it or can end up being really well supported because people appreciate good work. But when you get companies like that, and especially these gaming companies who, who just do a half-assed job in the first place and go, oh, that'll do, here's your game, and then try and, you know, screw people over afterwards. But luckily, it's now getting to the point where, no things are happening you know the whole battlefront thing you know obviously may got ea a lot of stick and you know even affected like their stock prices and things like that so you know clearly they they are starting to realize they they are taking the piss now <laughs> and they you yeah. know they have to be a bit more careful with what they're doing yeah let's hope so right. I really, can you make sorry uh speaking of battlefront i will say um i i didn't like the microtransactions but the single player campaign of Battlefront was actually really fun. Hmm. I I try to keep the economics of a game and the mechanics of a game as completely separate objectivities. And the the single player campaign of it was really, really good. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um even if I do disagree with like how they treated microtransactions, <laughs> I still think that it was a fun game. Well that's a shame because I, I, I... It's the hurt themselves because I would have liked to have played that, but I actually stayed away because I actually don't want my my son being subjected to their their nasty gambling style. Yes, yeah, fair point. Stuff that that they force upon upon people, with like the box opening and stuff like that, and so I kind of steer away from it because of that, and so they lost a sale, I guess, because of how I felt about it. You know, I think we've gone about this negative stuff. Yeah, let's just, let's talk about something positive. But, <laughs> <laughs> but this is I just had a thought. So fun to edit. Oh my god! <laughs> um, imagine, imagine sitting through a movie like going to the movie and watching like Lord of the Rings, and then halfway through saying, "Do you, would you like to watch the, <laughs> this deleted scene? Pay five dollars." Can I can I tell you like the, someone tweeted this ingenious idea that is going to irritate the shit out of everybody that, that I tell it to, but I think it's great. For games that are like online games and are on our paywall style games, I was just like, put ads on loading screens or like interactive things like that for your other IPs, just so you have some sort of other revenue coming in and don't use microtransactions. I will watch a fucking ad before I will pay a microtransaction. Like, I'd be fine with that. That is the most unpopular opinion I will ever have, but I was totally <laughs> on board with it. Like. I, whenever someone tweeted, I was like, this is such a good idea. And everyone, like, everyone tweeted back at me, like, you're an idiot. This is a terrible idea. I'm like, no, I want this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If it screen. could be in the same time loading screen as you get anyway, it'd still be better. I guess immersion's sake, it might take you out of the game, depending on the type of game it is. If I'm playing, like, Call of Duty Shoot a Man, then I'm like, I'm <laughs> not in it for the immersion. <laughs> okay. I didn't know you knew the, the name of the next uh, Call of Duty. That's what's coming out later this year. <laughs> Call of Duty Shoot a Man. <laughs> no, I just watch way too much Game Grumps. And that's <laughs> they refer to Call of Duty. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Um, 
Oh, we've actually been talking a lot. Sorry, missed my bad. Uh, That's good. We we go. We're doing. I think we've already gone for an hour. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've just got a few discussion points uh, that Marcus suggested to kind of because we all love souls. Have a quick rundown, but I think we should keep this kind of light and breezy, and then we'll get into the games we've been playing. Do if it. you guys are okay with yeah. that. Um, so what I th- we're kind of touched on this previously when it was first announced, but what, what do we want from the Dark Souls remaster? Mark, why don't you take us away with what you want from okay. the remaster? So for me, I one I, I, I think that I want, uh, there, there's a mod that's out that changes enemy locations that uh, like basically that changes like where the where each normal enemy location is set, and I would really love something like that, like change, like just minor changes to placements of enemies, because I want to have the feeling of discovery again, and like fear of like going yeah, into no certain idea. areas. Mm-hmm. Because I played through Dark Souls enough to where whenever I play through it again, it's going to be like this is really pretty. But I want more. I want I want something with like a re-release. I want to be able to be able to still capture the same feeling of like seeing White Town on accident for the first time and um, being absolutely fucking terrified. <laughs> <laughs> or like yeah, that, so good. Yeah, that's that's an interesting idea because I I don't I think a lot of people would just want want and I'm I'm kind of with that. I want the exact ex- same game. But it'd be a cool touch if you could, at the start of a new character, you could choose, mm-hmm. like, enemy placement B. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like an alternative enemy placement um, set up. Yeah, I mean, I think that be in cool. general, like, the game, I, I, it's, it's a weird mix because this is the only game for a remaster that I want, that I want to be able to capture the same feeling off of because, like, the Shadow of the Colossus remaster. I just wanted it to be pretty. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I'm going to have the same experience with with stabbing giant monsters and feeling really bad about it, no matter what. I just wanted to look pretty when it happens. And like, I, I never felt bad about killing these monsters. They pissed me off so much when I played it. <laughs> I was just like, get, okay. get ya. How did you not feel bad about killing? Because they made me Abby- angry. <laughs> Avignon, Avignon did the nothing wrong. She, the, like, the, the, the giant janky. bird that's on the lake, they, the bird was just chilling, man. And you shot an arrow at it. You shot an arrow at it. You were the instigator. You're the bad so, guy here. Hey, you got to hunt to survive. <laughs> yeah, you're the chosen undead. For you <laughs> you're poaching it. You're a poacher at this point. <laughs> like you're, you're the big game hunter, and it's just like chilling. Just like, hey man, what's up? And the entire fight, it's just like I'm just gonna fly around, and hopefully you feel guilty enough to stop stabbing me. And you're like, nope, going down. <laughs> no, I know what you. I know what you mean, but I, I, the game did make me angry when I played. I only played it recently on the the PS3 remake, and it was just so janky. I just. So, yeah. you, you hurt me because I I played through that game at least like twenty times. Oh yeah, I know, I know, but I missed the original, and so I can see why people really like it. It's just that's fine. It was good, and I can see why people love it, but it was just yeah. I guess I was too late to the, to the party. I think if I played the PS4 remake first, I mm-hmm. think I would have 
had a different experience because it's smoother. Yep. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, man. But yeah, anyway. so with with that in mind, like I already know that level of immersion that I'm that I'm signing up for. But with Dark Souls, I had a different experience entirely. It was a just a feeling of discovery, a, a feeling of absolute fucking terror, and it was a challenge that was like not present because of me not knowing what was going on. Uh, and and I think that whenever it comes to like a remaster. I, I want to be able to have that same experience again, and I'm not really sure how to how to like attain that. But I, but my the one of the things that I really did enjoy was a mod that's on uh, the PC mm. version that just cycles through the enemies and places them in different uh, location and adds a couple of other enemies. So it's kind of like. Um, that was a really fun experience that I that I had with it, and so that was a. I figured I'd at least bring that up. Yeah, that's no, it's a good idea, and it would be cool if they did something like that in the console version, just where you could just you could start with vanilla or start with an alternative placement. Um, mm. I guess you can do that easily on the PC one, mm. can't you? Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. mod. It's a mod. Yeah. So there's you could do that with the because they are re-releasing. It for there's an update for the PC version, isn't there? That's going to increase the the prettiness of it. Yeah, uh, Matt, have you got any kind of hopes or dreams? <laughs> I've got many, Vader. Um, <laughs> uh, rich and powerful. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. Um, no. Yeah. I've, on the similar to what Mark was saying, really. I because Varty Video did a his recent video was about the mod that you're talking about actually were about having different really? placement yeah he's he's literally done it in the last week or so and okay. he, um and yeah i i think exactly the same it would be it would be awesome to have it as an option so you you know you don't have to have it with different place placement so you could literally just you know flip an option and go i want it that way because other games have done that it's like um resident evil 7 did that um when you play it on the higher difficulties they move all the ammo and health around so you know it's not in the same place anymore just to sort of mix it up um i definitely want that um apart from the obvious things like better frame rate for like blight town i think the one thing i'd like to see is um more at the start of the game where i think they could increase the character customization you know sort of you know put it up to the sort of same levels as Dark Souls 3 and Bloodborne and, and maybe add a bit more, you know, just give a bit more uh, variation. I wonder if they'll do that. Because they've got that in the I you know, I'd be I wouldn't I wouldn't rule it out. I think they they may do it and it's just come on, we all wanna yeah, we I wanna be good if they did. Exactly. We want you know, pimp ourselves out a bit. Um and I think what they could do off the back of that as well is they could increase the amount of starting classes. I know obviously it doesn't make a difference you know massively in the end but they could literally do like a they could combine all the three dark souls games almost you know sort of just make a best of and it's like right we've got all the classes from what you know obviously i know you get crossover but just you know to have them all in there you know start just to mix it up a bit it just make it a bit more interesting at the start um uh, yeah. yeah what was the, um, the groups i don't know what they're called though um um what you mean like the um oh I forgot what you, I know what you're talking about. The um, uh, like the blue sentinel. Yeah, the um, oh, covenants. Covenants. Yeah, yeah, that's the covenants. It. yeah. yeah. I, I I hope um, Vadi did a video a video. Oh, um, Vadi <laughs> did a video 
of uh, suggestions or like ideas about how to improve the covenants, and it was so good. Hmm. I hope that they do further the covenants. Yeah, it's just they they just need to tighten things up. I don't I don't think it needs a massive overhaul. It's just it's just no, just doing those little things. Just make it like a like a almost like a special edition. You know, just have it where apart from obviously increasing the prettiness of it just add more character customization mix things up a bit classes covenants just you know just make it the game that that people want it to be well obviously for a lot of people it is the game it was always destined to be but just you know just have those little modern day conveniences you know just the like that's all it needs really don't overhaul it because i think it would it would annoy a lot of people Mm. well you guys are going to love my idea. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready. You're going to have... So the game's exactly the same, but uh, there's a little merchant, and when you first get into the Undead Asylum, where you can microtransaction and buy all the weapons. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> game of the year. Jokes. Yeah. Jokes. I really hope they don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? And you can have, you can buy it. You can buy like a voice pack for the merchant, so he can be like the one out of Resident Evil Four and go, "What are you buying?" Or something like that. And just uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, like they do for Call of Duty, just have all the voice packs in. Yeah, just go go all yeah, the way. There you go. Yeah, all the way. No, I don't want that. Um, <laughs> Every time you kill but, an enemy, a big air horn sound goes off. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I'm just happy to play it on the go on the Switch. Really, yeah, that'd be awesome. And and I may, yeah, I'm thinking now actually, I may get it digitally for the PlayStation 4 so me and Odin can co-op it. Do it. Password. That's what they need to do. They have the password connecting instead of just Mm. the hope that Mm. you find your friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm I'm saying about tightening it up. Just, you know, they're not massive changes, but it'll be enough just to go, I'm glad that's there. But the combat has to, like, the the weightiness in combat needs to be exactly the same. Yeah, definitely. Um, although I would be happy if it was still the Dark Souls 3 level of combat because that's pretty good mm, yeah it's the right I just don't want Dark Souls 2 combat no um, okay moving on next question uh, favourite location in the series oh. mm. I don't know Mark you go game first <laughs> <laughs> wait what was that <laughs> you go first what's your favourite location Oh man, oh, this is tough. I would, I would have to say, hmm. I, it's tied between two different locations. That's the problem. You can have two. Yeah, I'll give you two. Yeah, we'll let him. He's a guest. He can have two. Around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what? Okay, so like. Um, so I think it's Ariandel would probably be my favorite just because that's where my favorite boss fight was. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. And then the secondary one would, uh, the second one would probably be, what is the area that Nido is in? What's it called? Uh, Grave of the Giants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what's called? Um, Tomb of the Giants. Tomb, Tomb of the Giants. Giants yeah. Tomb of the Giants. Yeah. 
play too many Souls games, yeah. they'll bleed yeah. their names. <laughs> I was like, I was trying to figure, yeah, um, yeah, Nito's area was a lot of fun for me because I was really scared the entire time. <laughs> was it Nito? Yeah, it was really Nito. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll leave the room yeah. now. No, 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 I love puns. I love puns. I, I've been irritating people. On my Twitter feed by telling by saying puns all the time. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Stop their own puns. Keep them going. No. Nope. Perfect. What about you, Matt? You got a favourite location? Uh, I'm going to be uh, non-controversial and probably say Canehurst Castle in Bloodborne. Um, I think for me, it's because it just stands out in the rest of the game. You know, you've had a, a good chunk of the game by that point, and the fact you, it's been depressing, and you know, you've had sweaty clothes as an optional thing to wear and all that sort of stuff and it's just all been dank and horrible so it's nice to go to somewhere that's uh quite you know quite fresh and clean <laughs> comparatively to where you've just been um you know it's got an awesome boss fight at the end of it and it just it and it also it just it just mix it mixes it up a lot i just really love Kana's castle and it's the fact how you get to it is really cool and the fact is that it's purely optional you know, I mean, that. you know, this yeah. to me is one of the best areas. Well, for me, it's the best location in the series, but obviously to me, the best area in the game. And the fact you could easily miss it is, is quite scary, really. But yeah, definitely Kanast. What about you, Vader? I'm bad at stuff like this. I'm not good at <laughs> listing my favorites of anything. I like it, all of it. So can I say Lord Rain? <laughs> yeah. You're the host. You're the host. You can do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's the whole it, all Lord Rain. Yeah, fair point. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like they all have. Every area has its strong points. Mm. Um, there's probably areas I don't like as much. Uh, yeah, like the Harvest Valley. It's kind of a bit boring. <laughs> yeah. There's like one really big area that I didn't like. Of of the entire series. What's that? Dark Souls Two. Hey, <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, fair point. Now, see, I still like Dark Souls Two. Uh, we'll get to that. It's the question later. Favorite NPC. Uh, Andre, the blacksmith. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's cool. Yeah, they, uh, yeah he's my favorite. And Rich, uh, Richard uh, from We're Not Wizards drew me as him. So. <laughs> It's destiny. <laughs> it's meant to yep, be. It's destiny. Yeah. I think so. it's great because, like, in the first uh, game, Andre was the. I, I had, like, a good run where I was, like, I just did what I was told, and then an evil run where I just murdered everyone. And I, I literally I couldn't bring myself to kill him because he was so nice. <laughs> and he I is was, cool. Like, yeah. I was just like, you're, you're the best. And then when I saw him, the first time in Dark Souls three, I was like, I'm not even ashamed. I cried. I was so happy. I was like, <laughs> I was like my man is back. <laughs> I was so happy. Um, but he's actually not my favorite. Okay. Okay. Uh, my favorite is Gray Rat. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, he's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. His his story was just like just the fact that it, there was so much of a story from an NPC. And it was told it completely through like the his actions and how like he intentionally would put himself into harm's way because I had nothing else to live for because the person that he loved was dead. Like man, like 
all that happened without like without words. Like that was such an important thing. Whenever he like, whenever I found his ashes, the person I was so upset. Like, mm-hmm. I, I turned off the game. I was like, Nah, I'm not. I'm not coming back. I, like, I needed a breather. It was. It was. It was tough, man. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Um, I I think I must be an unfeeling gamer because. <laughs> I had no qualms once I finished. <laughs> I get really, yeah, once really I, invested into it, man. I don't know. Once I finished Dark Souls, like the first time, I was like, I just did. To me, it's obligatory to go around and murder all the people to see what you get. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's okay. What you do. <laughs> well, that's why I, I have like a good character and an evil character. <laughs> like I, I purposely have that experience. Yeah. Well, no, but I guess it's, I don't know, I just don't have, have an issue um, with it. Partly because uh, Souls, like, you're already the bastard regardless. Yeah, like, that's true. You're going there, you're stepping in everyone's territory and ruining their day. Like, you, you get told you're supposed to be doing it, but really you're not. Yeah, it would really mm. be better if you just left them alone. But, but some, to be fair, some of the NPCs deserve it. Like that first one in, um, or one of the first in the original oh, Dark Souls, the for sure. the um, shopkeeper bloke, the merchant, the one who's just rude to you anyway, the one you killed to get the Uji Katana. Yeah. He deserves it. Yep. And he gives you a badass weapon as well. So, oh, hey. Uji Katana for sure, it's worth I mean, it. Yeah. Well, I guess Demon Souls, I, I started playing the souls games with demon souls and it teaches you pretty quickly that it's worth killing npcs you get good stuff <laughs> <laughs> and i was very disappointed in dark souls 2 when you didn't really get anything from killing people no. and in fact you were punished yeah exactly he knew your type vader that's the thing he thought it'd screw you over thought we can't have people like you just killing npcs you gotta be taught a lesson mate so but just to prove I'm not as heartless as I'm sounding, is I've been watching The Office while at work. Don't tell my boss. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, this is recorded. I, just, um. I, I I have it playing while I um while I work, so it's it's fine. Like I deal with numbers, so it's quite easy to do two things at once. Um, and man, I got to like it's like right near the end of the seasons where one of the characters leaves, and it brought a tear to my eyes. Oh, so oh, so yeah, you do have feelings there somewhere. It's just. Yeah. Somewhere, yeah, just got to be the office, Maybe not Dark be- Souls. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I get really Should emotionally invested with like, I I put like a lot of weight into like the character that I play as to like trying to understand the perspective of someone that's in that world in that situation. So like, whenever the arena uh, situation happened, I was playing my good character, and I was just like feeding her stuff and I accidentally bought the the one evil spell because I didn't know and <laughs> everything else played out the way it did. Dude, I was I was so depressed because it was just like I single handedly ruined a good person's existence. And like <laughs> by by me not by by me not caring enough to pay attention to my actions I took a person that wanted to help and had no, like, there was no reason for them to suffer, and I literally put them in the worst situation possible where they needed to die. Like, man, I, I, that that stuff really, I, that really, really upsets me. (laughs) 
we've got one emotional gamer here. <laughs> yeah. That's why that's why I love Hellblade so much. Yeah. That entire thing. Hellblade was a giant cry fest over here. Like, don't February. <laughs> Man, we've got lots of foreshadowing for what game you've been yeah. playing. Yeah. Um Matt, have you said what you've heard of No, I haven't. I was gonna I was gonna say my favorite would be the doll in Bloodborne. Um because similar to Andre in a way that because for me Andre when you meet him in Dark Souls One is it's one of the first parts of the game where you've been through quite a bit at that point you know you've got through a few tough or potentially tough areas and it's like a bit of a safe haven before you go to you know a few other directions like Sen's Fortress and in the forest but I think with the doll as well it's just again similar to what I said about Kanehurst where again where it's a very stressful game. Well, I find these games very stressful when I'm playing them, and I like I like my little safety net. And I think going back to the Hunter's Dream and interacting with the doll, it's like, you know, it's almost like having a breather. We go, right, I got... And I just think she's just quite a cool character. I think the fact that she... You wouldn't expect her to be there in the... I mean, obviously, you've got other female characters in the hub locations in the other games, but the fact she's a doll it sort of is quite unique and not... You know, I mean, when you know the real reason, it makes more sense. But it's, I like her backstory. I like her accent. She's easy to talk to, <laughs> easy to listen. Um, you know, and she'll copy what you're doing when you, you know, bow to her and things like I that. When I found that, I was so excited. That's what I mean. That's amazing. That's amazing. She emoted back. Yeah, exactly. So, no, the doll is badass in her own way. I just wish more NPCs responded with actions back because I ran around. And then that's when you Try killed those things. <laughs> they, they didn't respond. I'll kill you now. <laughs> well, to be fair, in Bloodborne, they all kind of die. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, point. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. Yeah, no, the doll was pretty cool, and then he ties in with Maria and whatnot, mm-hmm. and and we ignore how she ties in with German. Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah, we won't go there. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do we look for in non-Souls games? This is kind of I don't know. Wow. That's a Pandora's box, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, I'm just well. I'll just get my answer in uh, empowerment. I'd say I like I like I like games where you feel awesome as the character you're playing. I like where I'm not even that slightly goes against what we're saying about Dark Souls because obviously you're quite <laughs> generally quite feeble in you know where you get more powerful, but that's a different story. But I think you know I just love games where you know that's why I like things like Bayonetta. You know, that's sort of quite random. I just, I just really like the fact that she's just an awesome character. She's got guns on her heels, and she's just badass. You know, and again, it's just it's just yeah. nice having. You know, I just like because you know, in real life, you know, I'm an IT programmer. I wear, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not really, I'm not powerful <laughs> in any particular way. And it's nice to you know go into these worlds and be a character whether it's powerful, you know, from you know magic your combat whatever you know i just like being characters like that really so i think yeah any game that can make me empowered i really 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 like interesting i'm not sure where i'd, I'd sit on this um because i tend to i guess i like a wider variety than i used to it used to be just straight rpgs is what i used to play mm. when i was younger uh, and then Dark Souls took my life for like a few years, and I've mentioned that a few times. I just couldn't play anything else. I would try games and like, it was rubbish, and then I would just go back to Dark Souls. Um, but I, I, I like a variety. I don't like the same, same old, same old. Mm. 
Yeah, I I do like to. I, I guess there's a little bit of that power power fantasy that you're talking about. Yeah. Like I like to have control and and do cool stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's why I like Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I suck at it apparently. <laughs> But I just like that it lets me be Goku yeah. and do super awesome Kamehameha's, yeah. and and it's I got full control over it. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't. I can't say what really I look for in a game. Um, difference, I guess, is um, especially now, especially yeah. now being on a podcast. Definitely, I, I like to find stuff and I like to look things that are a little bit different. Yeah, originality. Um, yeah. Which which sort of goes back and, to what we were saying, you know, when Mark was explaining the game they're working on, that you know, there's obviously elements yeah. from other games, but it's a very original package by the sound of it, which makes it awesome. Yeah, um, and I'm a lot more open to trying things and giving things a chance and trying to just appreciate things for being them. Um, yeah, yeah, but no, Mark. Well, what about you? Like, have you what's what what get, what attracts you to other non Souls games? So I, I really care about narrative of games. That's been uh, that's been like it, it's it's changed a lot for me because I think Souls actually caused me to care more about narratives in games. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a big shift in what I play. Um, but other than that, it's usually I'm either really invested in like RPGs or I want something very competitive. And those are that's pretty much where my interests opposites. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll I'll go from playing like uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. I played I played through that on ultra hard mode for I think like ninety hours on my first playthrough. Wow! Uh, just exploring everything, trying to find as much story as I can, and like uh, then uh, and then as soon as I get done with that, I start playing League of Legends and. Everyone knows how positive and you know happy that game is. <laughs> doesn't, it, doesn't it get said to be one of the most toxic communities in, for any game, isn't it? Is that something they say? Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I'm too old and slow to play yeah. games like that. <laughs> yeah, Stardew Valley. <laughs> Stick to that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I guess I'm similar. I kind of like a good narrative and story mm-hmm. and. But I don't always relate to them as well. Like I bounce off things sure. that other people seem to like for for various reasons. Um, the what's that one? They say Hella really badly. Uh, they say what? <laughs> the girls Hella. Hella. Uh... What's that one? It's the the it's the episodic one. It's set in like Seattle or something. It's the photographer. Life school. is strange. Life is strange. Life is strange. Yeah, I hate that game. But everyone else seems to like it because <laughs> of the narrative. Whereas I just can't. Couldn't get into it. That's fair enough. Um, I've never played it. It looks really pretty, but I never played yeah, it. Yeah, I haven't played it yet. I've got it. It's in the, in, in the backlog. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it just needs to click with me, the narrative. Like, I can see, like, something that I can relate to, maybe. Mm. I don't know. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Okay, what what did we like about Dark Souls 2? <laughs> I actually really liked Dark Souls 2. I was one of the people <laughs> from the original. I was happy with it. It was different, but I was fine with it. Um, Matt. Um, well, as I as I posted on Twitter this week, where I've dug it out again, it's where I think I'm going to try oh, right. to play it for the fifth time. I think this would be. 
I can't I can't get into it. It's the only <laughs> Souls game that I really, really struggle with. Um, I've complete well, apart from halfway through Demon Souls, I've completed all the others, and I, 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 I get about two areas into Dark Souls two, and I'm, I just turn it off. I can't. I just, it's just something. It just doesn't get me. I think I just get too frustrated with it. I think, and I'm, I'm still, and it sounds bizarre, but I'm struggling to describe why I can't get into it because I will gladly explain. Okay. I, 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 have, I have thought for a long time about mine and maybe ours will align. Yeah. But like, we'll talk about this afterwards. We're going to say positive with Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's more souls. There we go. That's the positive bit. <laughs> That's right. Draw a line under it. <laughs> All right. Um, so my number one, the Majula theme, I'm, I'm happy that that game exists just for the Majula theme. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't disagree yes. with that. Um, but I also really liked Hyde's Tower of Flame. That entire just very area, pretty. That entire area, like I, I, it was the only part. So I got into a part of like Dark Souls Two where I was like super bored, and I I hated all the level design, and I was just like. I'm just going to like explore around and maybe something cool will happen. And then I found that area and I just kept ramping up the difficulty of that area. <laughs> and so it was like borderline. Everything was one shotting me and I was having the best time. And that was the most positive time of the entire series or not of the entire uh, game that I had. I was, I really enjoyed that area. And, um, what was the? There was one other. Um, trying to think. There's there's something else I liked about it. Shrine of a Man is very pretty, but it's a bit of a dick to Tyther. Yeah, I mean the soundtrack. The soundtrack in general for two was really good. Mm. I think. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. I just man, especially the the enemy placement. Like the the. Never mind. All right. Yeah. <laughs> kind of negative. Have, have you played the um, that same area in the uh, remaster? Yeah. Because they've I, changed enemy placements. Yeah, I, I have the... Uh, I had it for PS4, and I played okay. through it. But, oh, I found, I realized what, what the other thing I liked about it. I like that if you get a million souls, you can cut half, half the game. And that's exactly what I did. Yeah, that's kind of funny. I, I rushed a million souls through the Tower of Flame, and I was like, all right, fuck you guys, I'm done. <laughs> Do you know about that, Matt? Um, that you can, the first four bosses, the main kind of pass that you go down, you can bypass and go to the Shrine of Winter by just having a million souls? No, I didn't know that, because I, I, think, I think my, from memory, my limit, ironically, is the... the is Hyde's Tower. I think that's about as far as I get. Whenever I start the game, I, that's about as far as I get. I I get annoyed with those big green knight things you got to fight, and I get pissed off at them. And then my health oh, goes man. down, and then you're down to fifty percent, which I think is bullshit. Um, and, oh, no, I will save that for after the show. <laughs> but no, I didn't yeah, know yeah, that. <laughs> no, I I don't know. I not as huge. The combat is a bit slow and floaty. Um, I didn't really like that. Yeah. Like it feels like there's too much wind up when you're trying to sprint mm-hmm. and dodge enemies yeah. at times, dodge enemy boss attacks. But in general, I liked it. Um, with the original, it was still fun. 
and there's some fun new ed- um, things added to it um, like New Game Plus was changed I thought that was really cool yeah that that, that you get additional boss souls and different little things to kind of tell a, a narrative story I thought that was cool yeah there's, there's plenty of people out there like it it's just it's it's probably the most most talked about one isn't it that, that splits the, the community right. doesn't it yeah well doesn't sound like your opinion has changed, uh, either of you, but it seems like, from my perspective, that it was the worst Souls game until people started hating on 3. Yeah. <laughs> I loved 3, though. Like, I genuinely loved 3. Mm. Like that, Good. And I don't, I don't get the hate for 3, because there's a lot of great things that happen in it. Like, there, there are some shortcomings that I think that they could have fleshed out a little more, but, like, I... But, like... Three feels like like they combine the best parts of Bloodborne, mm-hmm. which is a lot, mm-hmm. and the best parts of Dark Souls One, and they fuse them, and that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted to like bring that experience up, and it was, it was so good. Yeah, like yeah, I agree. Yeah, when, uh, I, I mechanically, it's very yeah. very good. I think um, the I can... spacing like of of three was so good. Like the enemy spacing. All of it made sense. All of it felt right, and it was just like you—you you had this natural escalation of threat and power. And like the first fucking time, Gundy, like you pull out the sword for Gundy, you're just mm-hmm. like, uh, I'm like, this probably is a bad decision. And <laughs> but but you're like, whatever. Let's see what happens. And then and then immediately like. You activate. You actively choose to cause to cause a boss fight, and that's your introduction to the game. Hell yeah! <laughs> like, like I was so ready yeah. for it. Also, fuck the testicle tree. But, like, <laughs> the testicle tree. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a bit of annoying. I didn't like that boss. Mm. I think my problem was I because I do really like it still as well, and I think I I kind of even like some of the story beats that have done with it. Um, I had to, I played it too quickly to get it done yeah. to be able to talk about it on the podcast, yeah. and so I got frustrated, forcing my head against the wall, um, and that made it a, a worse experience yeah. than it needed to okay. be. Yeah, I think I was I think I'm the same yeah. as you, Vader. Though I mean, I, I wasn't doing it for a podcast, but I I feel I rushed my experience a bit. I just wanted to get it done. You know, I don't know why, but i feel i feel like i need to replay it properly again and and sort of cover the bits that i missed and and like and like you said mark it is actually a re- mechanically it's a really good game it's it's, it's to That's me it's the best good. really it's got it it's got the best balance but i i maybe because i rushed it i it feels like a game where after completing it i felt a bit like oh okay then you know i didn't feel i feel a bit the neutral on it satisfying. i will say the ending was not satisfying yeah I will- yeah like, the i i, I like um i'll credit like i i love the game but I, you're but if you want to tell if you want to be like the game did feel like it had an ending it was like the most anticlimactic ending i've i've i hit all of the endings like as mo- like there's a lot of people that have played the three have and it's just all of them are not satisfying mm. and especially as much as like one and even two, like, had an okay-ish ending. Like, I felt like I conquered things afterwards. And instead of just, like, I felt like a dick for for being soul-centered. 
Like, I felt like I was like, I'm in the wrong here. I suck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, everything... You're too hard on yourself. <laughs> Maybe. But, you got to be ruthless like me. Yeah. Have no <laughs> feelings. <laughs> but, I mean, like, other than that, I really enjoyed my time with it. I, I, I really think that, like, I because I took my time with it. I think I put... Uh, somewhere around like 30 hours into my per- first playthrough, I I really did not want to rush playing it, and I spent a lot of time like helping people. I made my first character was called Fashion Police, and like <laughs> I would invade people, and I would put on their clothes, and I would like change certain gear on mine, and like try to get them to change theirs, and then if they did it, I would jump off of cliffs. <laughs> <laughs> I would just be like, you need to look better. Yeah. <laughs> like I said before we started recording, you need to talk to Jeremy. Jeremy loves yeah, that stuff. Love he, he loves that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. He he's famous or infamous for um dressing up as as Ta- Black Iron Tar- I think it was Black Iron Targus. And he'll just stand in the way with a big great shield and in front and Sin's fortress, yeah. blocking <laughs> yeah, block the, <laughs> the door at the top of the tower, nice. and just wipe people out <laughs> and see how long people would wait for. Um, yeah, just talk to Jeremy, definitely skeleton. Good podcast. Anyway, um, I think we've done enough souls talk. Uh, yeah, <laughs> guys, we've talked a lot. <laughs> we're, we're, we're running out of time. <laughs> I know. I was thought that we still but, got loads to cover. <laughs> I know. So we'll, we'll quickly run through our games we've been talking. I think we need to keep it quite brief, yep. and then because we've got loads of listener feedback, yeah, we- and knowing uh, Mark's uh, love of music, it. it we could take some time on this yeah. <laughs> this yeah. feedback session. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, Hellblade, we've been foreshadowing it. Oh my god! Can I Good can game, I quickly it? interject here? Sorry. Sure, go for it. I'm going to be way longer on mine than this. No, no, sorry. It's all I was going to say, and, uh, and you're probably not going to want to hear this, Mark. But I've only just started it, so oh, dear, so what? No spoilers. So. <laughs> So yeah, so just like I said, don't don't be too frightened to spoil it, but try to refrain okay. too much from spoiling it. I mean, I know the gist okay. of the like how it works, but like specifics. But yeah, go for it, mate. Okay, so okay, so Hellblade is I. So for context, I played it when I was in a really like uh, I I just lost like one of the contracts for for a game that I was really really hoping to work on, and so it was kind of yep. like emotionally like. I was I was emotional at the time when I played it, and I marathoned the game. I I was I sat down um, in a room, pitch black, by myself, headphones on, and I just played it from point A point B nonstop. And that I think is the ideal way to play it because you get such like a good you get you get kind of like trapped in the same sort of. Uh, terrible situation that Senua's in. And I think mm. that a lot of people can't handle that. And I told that's totally oh, justified. But if you can yeah. uh, handle it, I encourage like you to kind of like dive into that perspective because it kind of like keeps you in the moment of like this is awful and like this is really hard to deal with and then you kind of like process like but this is actually what she's dealing with. Not you the player you're just you're having to be subjected to what this person is subjected to all the time, and that's hellish. 
So it obviously is is hard for her as well. And so I think that that's like really important. And it was it was such like a good. It the the combat was fun. It was challenging. Oh, it was great. Yeah, the the combat was so fun. Like the story is really really good. Like let yourself get emotional. Like let yourself dig into like the <laughs> yeah. let yourself dig into the story and just kind of like try to feel what the character is feeling. And I think that you'll have an experience that will probably last you like a lifetime. Yeah. Because like yeah. I'm getting a Hellblade tattoo. Wow. Okay. Like, yeah, some people have. Yeah. Fair play. So um, I mean, like I'm getting a tattoo of one of one of their symbols because it's just it left that much of an impression on me that like I want to actually leave an impression on me. Yeah. From it. And I mean, like, you, yeah. What are you getting? Are you getting a triskelion? Um, the, this. Called. It's the it's the one that looks like the Avatar Airbender symbol. Um, it's the, the three circle spiraling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's the triskelion. It's a yeah, a, a Celtic Viking symbol. Um, it's really got really cool meaning behind it as well. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm Swedish and I'm and I'm terrible at knowing any of the Norse stuff, so I apologize. <laughs> like, um, from what I remember, basically, it's a symbol of that like it's like a passive and an active kind of symbol like okay. meaning and then that's where you get the spirals that kind of to get to be rewarded like the vikings with a with a good harvest they have to work yeah you know they, they the, nothing they got was from sitting on their ass but when they did get it they would still thank the gods and sacrifice to the gods so huh. they gave acknowledgement to the their deities, but they also worked for it. So it's like an action symbol that you work for what you get, but you give thanks for what you get at the same time. And so you and they live, they relish in that that idea of the the, the harvest or the the successful raid or whatever. Wow! Uh, so it's got a really cool meaning to nice. the symbol as well. Yeah, I had no idea about that. That's awesome. Yeah, have a look into it um, as well because yeah, there's it's a cool thing. Like yeah, you reap what you sow, kind of kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, um, like seriously, if you can set aside, I think it's like if you don't take pictures of everything, like I did, it it's only <laughs> you should take you about six to six and a half hours. Yeah, and like set aside a day, marathon it, and immediately go out with friends afterwards. <laughs> you're gonna need, you're gonna need it. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm, I'm about. To, I'm, my aim is to complete it this weekend. I, the reason I, okay. I started it wasn't because actually because of the show. It was, it was because my boss has been badgering me because he's not long finished it. He's like, you've got to play this because me and luckily me and him have got very similar tastes when it comes to games. And you know, we, mm-hmm. I basically, I how it works is I recommend him a game because he's got money and time, which is two things I don't tend to seem to have at the moment whereas he plays yeah. the games and then tells me how great they are and then i end up getting it uh, so uh, yeah. so yeah he's been telling me to play hellblade and so i started it not actually a bit earlier tonight so I, i've literally done like the first well about to finish the first what the first level or whatever you want to class it i've just literally got to the com the combat bit you know where you've you know and already yeah. i'm like wow this is intense <laughs> there's oh, some really man, and yeah. i imagine it's just going to get worse from an intensity point of view so yeah i'm Are you wearing I, headphones yes i am I, I, right. again because my boss said he's a you got to experience this with, with the headset so yeah i've i mean the voices in the head are fantastic freaky but fantastic 
So yeah, I'm. So yeah, cool. I'm, I've been watching like the dev diaries of it. And, oh, so good. Uh, I'm so, I'm so so happy that that they did everything the way they did, and like I'm so happy that it was successful. Like this is like the first game in such a long time that I was just like everything about it is just something I love, and I was just like ah, I just can't, I can't recommend that game enough. Like, <laughs> I I can't wait to for March to be over. So I will have free time, so I can play it again. Wow! And then, nice. Like I, I, that's that's all I want. That's all I want right now. <laughs> yeah, we, um, yeah. yeah, just I love the storytelling throughout the game because mm-hmm. you would have had found a few of the runes by now that you find. Yeah, I find the first uh, four. Yeah, because um, I'm going to try and platinum. Yeah, it, and my boss was sort of saying to me, "Oh yeah," because what I said to him is, "I, I need to know how many there are of these of those stones, but I don't want to." You know, I don't want to look it up and spoil it. So he's just sent me the numbers per level. He's like, there's four on this one. And then I realized they're actually around the area. So when you're actually focusing on the lore stone, the symbols are actually getting knocked off around that circle around around the actual thing, which is quite yes. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can see that you've missed one. Yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes you can't backtrack. And so I've, I missed a couple yeah, of my playthroughs. That's why I'm trying to be extra. So I may, I will get it done this weekend, but I may just take it a little bit longer because I want to get all the lore stones. It, it's very cool the story and how it's done it, yeah. the game is a masterpiece in its storytelling in its visual design and in yeah. its audio design like there's no HUD but I never felt like I didn't know what I was doing mm. yeah yeah. Like, it just felt instinctive yeah. I got lost like one time um, I got lost one time and, that, and it was to a character that you're supposed to get that, that messes with your head visually so it made sense. I was like, I am so lo- I like I had no idea where I was supposed to be going, but whatever. But I'll deal with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But- some of some some of the mechanics they do uh, are phenomenal. There's I don't think it's too much of a spoiler, but there's a section that's very dark, mm. and it's audio that you follow to work out where to go. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. It's just done yeah. really well. Yeah. It's just done really well. Um, whereas most game, some games that do try and do dark sections just suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's phenomenal uh, what they've done. Um, my problem was is I actually I did break up my playing sessions uh, partly because I found it really oppressive and hard to play at long periods of time oh, yeah. because I would just I'd get tired. Um, and I actually started trying to do a let's play of it when I first did my first playthrough and I just gave up. It was just too hard because I'd just be sitting there listening and they're just <laughs> not safe. <laughs> and so it was just too hard trying to juggle the, the yeah. stressful game and also record it. So I stopped that, but then I broke it up and then I'd go back and I'd forgot the controls. And so I'd, die, I'd be in the middle of a combat s- s- uh, scenario and I'd die <laughs> because I forgot like how to combat. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I recommend trying to play it in quick succession. Yeah, I'm yeah. Do it. I, I mean, like, I get your point of it being like really stressful and like it's like it's a heavy game, but yeah, for me, I really I think that it's better to just marathon it or play it quickly at least. To yeah, over a few like, nights. Yeah, because I mean, like, uh, like I said before, it's just whenever you're playing it in that quick succession, you get to kind of like experience what like what Samuel is feeling all the time and that that's kind of what that that's kind of why i think it's so powerful because whenever it gets really difficult for you to endure it you get a context for like like 
Yeah. If I if like if this is what it's like, then that and and she's dealing with this all the time, like as a as a person, like I can't imagine what this is actually like to be in as far as like a reality. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, agree. Yeah. Good, very, very, very good game. Good. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Um, yeah. what's what? Who wants to go next? Uh, Matt, do you want to take us into a game? Yeah, that you've uh, been yeah. Well, like you, Vader, I've been playing Monster Hunter World recently. I played with you the, this week or earlier this week or whenever it was. Very briefly. Yeah, when you decided <laughs> to invade my my game, it was just funny because it popped up on the side. It was like Vader Van Odin is is posting this quest. I'm like, hang on. What are you doing here? <laughs> uh, I know that guy. Yeah, I recognise that name, um, that infamous one. And yeah, so I just, I've been a bit like you. I'm getting a bit frustrated with it, where I'm sort of getting to that point now, where it's now we've uh, we've got to high rank, and the the armor is sort of just the same, almost the same armor, but just uh, you just got to grind again, almost for it again. I know I'm not against grinding games, but it's sort of I feel like. I'm just going to dip in and out on it now. Now we've, because we covered it on Monster Monster the other week. And, you know, so I was trying to play as much as I can for that. And yeah, I'm, 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 I'm still enjoying it. I'm just not going to push myself now. I'm just going to keep just dipping in, you know, do a bit, do a few quests and then, you know, put it down, which I think is what I think yeah. a lot of people will start doing now. Cause I think the hype is, you know, is like a lot of games, it's sort of just going down a bit now and there will just be that base level of people that will carry on playing it. But, um, I still find it a really good game. It's, at least it's accessible. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, but I've I still like it and I still enjoy playing it. But I have less interest because it just feels like it's rewarded you by finishing the game by making you start from the beginning. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> it's I I just didn't like that, and I've whereas all the Monsanto people I've been communicating with uh, through a, like a group chat. They're all like, "Oh, this is where all the all the newbies who can't handle it drop off," and it's like, and I don't like that kind of talk. No, I don't it's want to be like, at that elitism. Yeah, it's it's yeah. frustrating. Um, I actually think, yeah, I, unfortunately, I think it's bad, slightly bad game design. What the how they've handled the the progression yeah. because they could have just kept the story going going and. Yeah, they've just made things. It's just a jump, the spike in how things happen in the world is ridiculous. Yeah, like you just can't do a hunt without getting harassed by stuff. Yeah, it's a, and I don't find that fun at all. That's what I mean. It's just got to a point where it's just now stressful, and it, it, I'm sort of getting to the point where you, you're trying to hunt for things because you want like the armor set of something. So you go in trying to you know hopefully get people to team up with. So you're there on the board like going, oh yeah, does anyone want to hunt this monster? Then oh great, I've got a group. And then the problem is because you can only three faint three times as a group. There's times where we're doing well and then someone dies too easily. Um, and this is no criticism because I know this has happened to you when we were playing, right? <laughs> you, you, you got killed, a few, you know, taken yeah. out a few times. But, but you know, no, and that's not a criticism, but it, it's frustrating when you're like, as a, when you're as your team up with, and then you, you know, you as a collective all, you know, even if three people lose a life, you're like, oh, and then you start, you know, and that's the end of it. And you're thinking... I may not get another group for this for ages. You know, it's just it's just frustrating. That's where it ends. Um, yeah, and you get no reward for it at all. That's what I mean. Yeah, it's just it's... you just you know, and you could have that could have been forty five minutes. 
you know, you could have got right to the end of, you know, the, the 50 minute time limit and you've really, you know, you've almost got it down and then someone just dies just because there is a few BS moves that some of the monsters do, you know, that you could, compl- I mean, look, when you and I were playing, we were, we were taking, well, I can't remember what we were, I think it was a Rathalos or a Rathian or something we, was, we, we were trying to take down. And then that other big monster just turned up out of nowhere and it completely, you know, the one that's just like flame bombing everything, it's just... You know, it just completely disrupted us and takes you out. We, we, you know, that's the end of it. So, yeah. And uh, th- and that said, I did actually, I do actually like when there's like turf wars that happen in the fights, and yeah. when it's happened pre- earlier in the game, it was whoa, this is awesome. Yeah, and you, you, like <laughs> yeah. you sit back and watch. Whereas it just seems to have got cheap mm. because there's. The yeah. enemies, uh, these these are monsters that are coming in that you can't actually fight at the stage with the armor and weapons you have, mm. and so they are just one shotting you. They'll come in and one shot you, and it's like, well, this is just dumb. And they're a lot more aggressive and a lot more frequent. Mm. Whereas pre- previous hunts in the game, it, it was just like an event that would happen, and usually you can get them to go away pretty quick, yeah. and that's it. Whereas I did that, I, I did another hunt. This the hunting that after you left mm. um the same rathalos but in a different map and i spent 20 minutes hiding <laughs> um because there were there was that there was a another maybe it was a rathian i can't remember mm. now, but there was like another fire dragon turned up and they fought and then an anginath turned up and it's just if i went in there i would just die one hit and so i just had to sit there and wait yeah um and you would dung, I'd dung pie them and whatnot, but then they would just come back. Yeah, it's like just a waste. Of, that's where it ends times. up being a waste of time because you're thinking, well, I've just spent twenty minutes yeah. not really doing anything, and and that's the thing, isn't yeah. it? I don't I don't mind grinding, but it's, a shame. But it's just when it's a way when you you feel like you when you've only got X amount of time to play stuff, and you feel like almost you're wasting your time, and that's the yeah. yeah. I mean, it's still, like I said, I'm not it, taking anything away from the game itself because it's still a really good game, and I think I will carry on playing it. It's just that you think, mm, yeah, this is the tough bit now. Yeah, and that's the thing. I've enjoyed the first sixty hours I played, whereas I've never felt it a grind. Like it yeah. was fun to hunt and get the armor I wanted, and I never felt like I was grinding. Whereas now I feel like I'm grinding just to start a game, mm. <laughs> uh, to be able to even compete with some of these monsters. So it's a shame. It's my, yeah. that's my biggest <laughs> takeaway. I thoroughly loved the game. That's the Vader review. Point. A shame. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame. It's a shame. Crying shame. <laughs> But I don't cry, so no. It's, it's just a unless shame. people leave the office. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait, which, wait, um, what person left the office that you cried about? Well, I don't know if it's a spoiler. It's been out for ages. Yeah, it's it's on Netflix. If someone hasn't seen it, they deserve to be spoiled. <laughs> okay, spoiler. Um, when Mike, um, Mike, Michael Scott leaves. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's Justin. That totally makes sense. I, I was real upset about that too. Because I, I, if we want to get into that, I don't like how mean the writers are to him. Like he's a real dropkick, and that's the point. But it's they just never seem to let him get a break, and they seem they can't seem to decide if he's a good salesman or not. Because he, yeah, I don't know. I mean, so like. The entire point of him as a character is supposed to be like, like he, yeah, he is like the that he always gets like the short end of the stick, but at the same time, he's also the glue that like that holds everyone yeah, together. Yeah. Because the moment he left the show, the show went like it just declined sharply. They needed him, 
Um, yeah, I, I'm only a few, I'm like two episodes. I'm actually one episode past that with Will Farrell as the manager, and so I'm interested to see what happens mm-hmm. in this season. But um, yeah, I just, I'm glad. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I it, it's a funny show. <laughs> it's, it's just so ridiculous, and it's ridiculous how like forward forward like early they were because it's quite old show now i guess and pointing out like um equality and racism by being kind of with satire i guess by like yeah i don't know i don't know how to put it it's just interesting looking back on it how old it is and where it's where where we are now and in the world and whatnot Mm -hmm. Off topic. I apologize. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's a great show. I really love it. Um, you yeah, see, I watched the English one first, mm. and that's only like three or four seasons, and it kind of ends. So it's kind of interesting how this has managed to stay quite consistently good for like eight seasons, I think I'm up to now. Seven seasons. Um, anyway, Rhyme is a game I played, other than Monster Hunter. <laughs> Um, and I that's quite good. It. It, sorry, have you played it or? I just, I literally just downloaded it before we started the podcast. Mm. It's on PS Plus, isn't yeah, it? Play, PlayStation yeah. Plus, yes. I wanted to get on release. I like the look of it. Um, when I first fired it up, I was thinking, this is kind of that, because that's what it's known for is its art style and stunning look. Mm. And I kind of thought it's kind of a little bit simple. But within a few minutes, the, the the vibrant colors start to come out, and you and and the really simplistic color scheme works really well. Like, but it took me a couple of minutes to kind of get that feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, then just the water just looks so beautiful, and it's like it's so vibrant blue, and and then you got the the, the dry gray, the yellow grass and tufts of grass. It it it, wor- it did work in the end. It just as I say, initially I was thinking yeah, it's kind of a bit bit too simple but then it it kind of fit into the game it looks kind of like the witness um Mm. and with that same very stark uh color palette and very strong and striking colors um it's and i I like the puzzles um and the world it's a little bit slow but i guess i've been hunting monsters recently so (laughs) yeah it's a big big contrast um, and I don't know if I have that same pull to get back into it that I might I might have had with like Monster Hunter after slaying some beasts, but I I I, I do have liked it. Um, as I say, the puzzles are quite fun. Uh, they do a little bit of the Hellblade. Uh, what Hellblade is done with puzzles, where there's a little bit of trickery with looking through things, and not as cool as Hellblade, but yeah, similar kind of puzzles where it's lining things up in the environment. Um, yeah, I, I kind of dig it. I, yeah, um, I'm excited to start playing it. What what I have liked is that like the I've gone through, <clears throat> I think two kind of gated areas. And gated is not like literally gated. They're just you're blocked. You can't progress. Yeah. And the and the first is kind of very simple. There's no tutorial. It's and I, I like when games do this that you just feel the game and then you get to the game. Um, and and you had to kind of go to four little locations within this area. And what I thought was quite impressive is that you felt like you could see quite a bit and there was a lot to kind of run around and find and see. And you're just finding these four points to unlock the first kind of gate or 
and then you walk through it and then you do see uh, a lot more of the island you're on and so i kind of thought they did a really what good job of visually gating what you're kind of kind of come across yeah and so you're coming this island's kind of small but then you go through this hill and you realize that you just couldn't see it on any of the angles you're on and i kind of like that um you see so get a bit of a reveal as you progress the game which I, yeah I liked. Yeah, it's a gorgeous looking. I'm looking at the screenshots of it. It's a gorgeous looking game. I mean, it, it reminds me. I don't know if you have if you, either of you have ever played it. It was on PS Plus ages ago. Do you ever play the Unfinished Swan? Yeah, that's the name of it. Yes. Yeah. See, I and I wish I finished the Unfinished Swan. Yeah. <laughs> How ironic. And it, 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 I. That is the most unme type of game. I, I never. I'm not really a, a type oh, one these games but i loved it i i think it, i remember specifically it was a game that i played because i was i really had a need to play something that i wasn't used to playing and i just went through all my you know downloaded games that i'd never got around to playing and i thought unfinished one you know what boot up and it is a brilliant experience it is and it reminds me of you know the sort of art you know similar sort of art style and you know puzzle solving and things like that and if anyone hasn't played it, Unfinished One is a really good game. It's only probably a couple, what, two, three hours long, if that. It's not a massive game. I'm probably close to the end. Yeah, yeah, you probably are. It's and, it, and it's just such a it's such a fantastic experience. And and like I said it's purely for the art style. It, you know, and the fact that you know when you're throwing paint around because obviously most of the world is white, and you're throwing paint around, which then starts revealing the edges of things, so you can start seeing the world better. It's it, awesome experience. And this looks like, you know, something similar. Well, yeah, and I liked how that evolved, that mechanic evolved, and you started getting more as you go to kind of different locations and unfinished ones. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Was, yeah, and I, I liked the story. I liked the the, uh, the wonder behind the story. Yeah, definitely. Just, I just put it down and stopped playing. Yeah, um, no, I'll no, finish it. It's, it's, got about it's it. got, from memory, it's got a really good ending as well. It's, it's, and like you said, the fact that the game's not very long, you're probably, <laughs> you're probably not far from the end anyway. I think I went through a maze recently. Mm, that sounds familiar. Um, yeah. I'd have to remember now, but yeah, yeah, anyway. do it. <laughs> um, do you guys do you guys want to talk about more of our games? I think we we kind of pushed for time. I think we should move on to listener feedback if you guys are okay. Yeah, with that. yeah, let's do it. Yeah, cool. Um, we've kind of covered some of the other games we've talked about already. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on our list. <laughs> um. Man, it's been a good chat. Yeah, I say. Um, <laughs> sure. the, the feed, the feedback question we put out there uh, came from our lovely new host. Hello, uh, Matt. That's me. Hi, I'm Matt. <laughs> nice to have you. Oh, thank you. Uh, and the question question is: What is everyone's favorite game soundtrack, or one that relates to you most, and why? Mm. And from I have I never read. I just generally copy and paste because I like to save it for the podcast. Yeah, but I've seen a few of them, and it seems like people haven't told us why. They kind of ignored no. that part, but that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll make up their answers <laughs> on their behalf. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we've, I think it's probably our highest response rate. Wow! Like this has been a really um, well appreciated. I guess the question. Yeah. Wow. Don't I? Don't want to blow my own trumpet, but you know, actually, I only yeah, threw, I only threw it, I only threw it into the, you know, I didn't know you were actually going to use it. I just thought of because of Mark coming on, I thought, oh, it's something to do with the soundtracks. That makes sense. So, and there we well, go. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, so, uh, guys, if you're okay, uh, Mark as well, we'll just take turns reading uh, one, one response yeah, at a time. Definitely. I'll start, then Matt, you do second, then third, Mark, and we'll go from there. Yep. Uh, the first response is from friend of the show and co-host of my other podcast, mm-hmm. um, Gobsmacked Hound at Sentinel Plus. And he is, his favorite soundtrack is Final Fantasy VII. But as the MIDI files, not as rearranged OST. I thought he was going to say not as the Midgar files. You know, if you try to... Oh. But. <laughs> um, I, I agree. I I think that's one that pulls on my heartstrings. Yep, absolutely. Uh, um, I'm, not, Up there. I'm not much of a music person, which people may know if they are familiar with this show. Um, <laughs> but... I appreciate, I do, I can appreciate good music mm. and yeah, Final Fantasy VII. Uh, if I hear that intro, the, 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 the theme song, I think it's, um, Eris theme song. It just makes you want to play the game so yeah, bad. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and just think we still got it to um, come, we still got the, the remake to come whenever that's coming. I can't wait, man. Can't Is there actually wait. a date on that now? Is it still? No. No. Go away, one. Unfortunately. By the way, Whenever I'll send you a link, I did um, a music box version of Eris's theme from uh, from Seven. Oh, nice! Ah, oh, cool. Yeah, check that cool. out. Also, yeah, um, yeah, I'm doing one of the albums I'm releasing this year, so uh, I'm going to like upset all of you. But I ended up reorchestrating like one song from every Final Fantasy, and uh, I decided to release an album like that. So I'm I'm sorry that they're not cool. the traditional midis, but they're pretty cool. I made them all like Souls and Blood, like so it's like dark orchestra Final Fantasy music. Oh, cool, nice. Well, see, I I agree with with um uh, with Sentinel Plus, Dave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like the midis, but I, I also like the 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 redone orchestral mm. versions as well. Um, I'm okay with. I like them as well. Yeah. I like. I like the one in the so. in the uh, anime movie. Um, was it Advent Children? That's got yeah, a really yeah, good. Yeah. That's got a really good soundtrack as well. Oh yeah, it does. Oh my gosh! Especially when they fight the Bahumuts. That's a really good, good soundtrack. Nice, nice. Uh, Matt, do you want to take yeah. this one? Uh, next is Wolf Kidult Man, otherwise known as at Strenuous Orb, and he says Silent Hill. The industrial clangor is absolutely unnerving in the context of the game. Yes. Absolutely. Don't disagree yeah. with that. Fantastic game, fantastic soundtrack. Spooky. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah, I love that soundtrack. I love the entire soundtrack series. Yeah. Nice. Oh, you're up with Big Papa Nito. E, Big Papa. Okay. Yeah, so this is from Big Papa Nito at... Uh, Glabrius, what? Glabrius Nito. Glabrius Nito. I'm okay. I'm <laughs> terrible at reading, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Manic Minor uh, 7X Spectrum 48K. Someone's showing their age this. there. <laughs> Spectrum. <Yeah. laughs> I put a link because he posted a, a YouTube. Yeah. It's super old. Yeah, definitely. I I really want to. I want to hear as soon as we're done. I'm going to go listen to this because I've never even heard of this before. Yeah, it's really... Yep. This is very, very old. Do you, well, do you, do you, did you ever have a Spectrum? I don't know. Is it Because they're... they're what what they're, is a Spectrum? 
Sorry? What is it? Is oh, it you know, I heard it? of Spectrum. Right, Spectrum was the... Well, it's a console around the era of the Amiga and the Commodore 64. So basically the Spectrum used to play games on a cassette tape. Um what? Yeah, and basically what what you'd have to do, and this is no joke for a lot of games, is you would have to, so you imagine it's like a console, well, say a console, a bit like a keyboard, um, you know, and you'd have, um, you know, connected to a TV, and then you put the cassette in the spectrum, put it down and press like the load button, and you'd have to go away for half an hour to an hour while the game loaded. And it would be making, you know, weird noises, similar to like the old, old school modems, and like, all that doing all sort of weird stuff. And you and come back an hour, and then you can play whatever game you wanted. So yeah, it basically reads the the the, the tape, and then like re- installs in the, memory. Yeah, temporarily installs the yeah <laughs> the game onto yeah. the memory. This is pre floppy disk. <laughs> All right. Did did the Atari have a a tape disk as well? I'm sure it did. We well, had a had a, a had a cartridge. I don't think I had Cassette. a tape deck. I remember there was a cartridge I and and the com- maybe I did have a Spectrum and an Atari. Yeah, possibly. And then the Amiga and Commodore sixty four was floppy disk. Yeah, yeah, the the five inch ones, whatever they were. Uh, three, no, they were three and a half. But yeah, they were. Well, it depends which one you had. But yeah, the newer ones are three, the normal three and a half floppies. I had the big, where the big flap, the big, the actually flop. They were actually floppy. The loose. Yeah, ones. yeah, they were. Weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Those ones we had yeah. on the Commodore sixty four. Yeah. But yeah, we we had we must have had a Spectrum before then and Atari. Yeah, and I just remembered it as both as one as the same. But yeah, mm, good times. <laughs> Old school. Yeah, take it for granted now. Yep. Uh, and then we have Tengashi at Tengashi. I've done that twice. Yep. And he's <laughs> put on <laughs> Streets of Rage. Oh, what game! Love that game, Streets of Rage. I actually, I actually, um, sorry, I'm slightly going off topic here, but they, I, I went to EGX, which is the sort of big gaming expo in the UK um, last year, and there's a game that's coming out any time now on the Xbox and PC that's very similar to Streets of Rage, and I feel bad because I can't remember it. It's an indie game, and it looks really, really good. I'll try and... I think I have seen something about that. Oh, I feel what it's called. That's bad. I should know what it is, but yeah. There's a get. There is a Streets of Rage very inspired game coming out soon because um, I remember I spoke to the developers and they were re- they it, it seemed like a husband wife combination and they've they what they've done looks fantastic but yeah I'll try and remember it anyway cool yeah if you remember it we'll post in the show yep. notes um, yeah, me yeah. Uh, next is Miracle Matter at LT seven eight six four one. Uh, on Twitter, who says Bionic Commando rearmed? Um, I don't think I've ever played. Is that that was the one, the guy with the dreadlocks, wasn't it? And is that the main character? Yeah, I never. Played I never it got, as well. never played it. But I mean, Jeremy's mentioned it, so obviously <laughs> as well. So it must. Have you, um, Mark? Have you played it? Has it got a good soundtrack? I, I never played it. I've I've heard a lot of really good things about the game itself. But yeah, I, I for some reason never really pick it up. Hmm. Well, the fact yeah. that two people have said it, it must be quite good. <laughs> yeah. Also, is the the game you're talking about? Um, is it called the Takeover? Um. What? Bionic Command? Sorry, Bionic Commando. The, no, the, the, the one that's like the Streets, Streets of Rage one. Yeah. Oh, the, uh, no, no, no. It's not. Okay. No, sorry. I'll let me. You carry on. I'll. I'm going to Google it. 
Um, Mark, do you want to oh, take yeah, the next yeah. one? Sorry, my mistake. I was, I was like looking at uh, the games that were similar to Streets of Rage. I, was, <laughs> I really want to know this. <laughs> I will find um, it. So yeah, um, near uh, actually, what is it? Jeremy Goddamn Greer. Goddamn Greer. G Greer says um, near Bionic Commando rearmed uh, near Armada. Shadow of the Colossus, the vinyl edition of Nier Automata, Legend of Zelda, Lid Ness, that Nier concert play, which I definitely agree with, Demon Souls, probably Dragon Guard, even though he hasn't played it, and that, that one video of that chick singing the Bloodborne theme. That, <laughs> it's amazing that I know the exact thing he's referring to. Like, <laughs> spot on. Um, Good old Jeremy. So, <laughs> solid list um yeah I, I i whenever we were talking before the show i was like i agree with almost everything on here so um, there's things i would add but i think that this is a really good list yeah definitely he's good with music jeremy mm-hmm. and then another person who's good with music we've got jake lionheart at yeah. jake underscore lionheart damn right uh, friend of the show and guest of from last episode everybody's favorite gaming rapper um <laughs> he has put down he's responded red dead redemption my intro to jose gonzalez and compass by jamie L- little is gorgeous red dead revolver had some killer licensed spaghetti western music on it sleeping dogs has some of the coolest hip-hop traditional Chinese instrumental mashups, mostly menu music. <laughs> Hellblade had some killer tracks, and even though everyone hates its aesthetics, oh. Donkey Kong Country had beats. <laughs> <laughs> other, than, other than that, I'd like to echo Jeremy's list as well, especially near Automata. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That is brilliant. Well, like I said, I said to you earlier, Mark, one of your tracks, I would that... Um... Which one was it? The uh, I forgot the name of it. Oh, the eyes, eyes of a uh, Eyes of a Firekeeper. Yeah, to me yeah, that yeah. would have easily been on the credits of it. Definitely. Yeah, hmm. I like Near has such a good soundtrack. Yeah. What, what was the? There's like one. There's one area. I think it's whenever you're sand surfing. Oh, in the 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 desert. You mean? Yeah. 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 I think because didn't you didn't you do one of um, Pascal's village? On your yeah, channel, Pascal's yeah. Pascal's Village, and yeah. I think the like that entire soundtrack was incredible. But there's there's two songs. I know Pascal's Village is my personal favorite, but then there's another one that I can never remember the name of. But man, like those two, I, I listen to the soundtrack very often, and every time they come on, I'm always so happy. <laughs> and it's amazing that what they did with the language in the game for like the music because they make you like feel emotions from a language that doesn't even exist like what how like what it's... yeah all right um yeah, sorry I'm, no that's right <laughs> like, i was i cut myself short because 
because we're already over on time and I could go on for days. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sums up the show, I think. <laughs> yep. uh, right, uh, next is Baltar at Tech Credo. Um, and he's put, I can't pick a favorite, a single favorite soundtrack, but it would have to be some of the amazing 8-bit tunes from my childhood. So I can see he's mentioned Lost Patrol for the Amiga, uh, Rambo for the Commodore 64, uh, also had a fantastic theme song. So yeah, like uh, Big Papanito, he's gone old school as well. They, they, yeah. To be fair, they were. The fact that they had so little to you know so little yeah. to use to do soundtracks, they, they're some of the best. You know, it, it, they really did well back in the day. It's very impressive uh, when they do it. Um, the first video has, I think it starts off, it's Commodore 64 stuff. Yeah. And it starts off with Guiana Sisters, and I played a lot of that when I was a kid. <laughs> ah, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but I found that game I was talking about. The, oh, yeah? It's called awesome. Rage Injustice. Okay. okay. So yeah. if you Google, Google Rage, Rage Injustice by Making Games, that's the game I'm talking about. It's coming to the PS4, Xbox One, and the Switch. Oh, cool. So, so yeah, that's the game I spoke to the developers about. <laughs> nice work on your diving into your your Google searches. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I just I just I just typed indie side scrolling beat 'em up Xbox One, and then just looked at images. <laughs> I got to find it somehow. <laughs> but yeah, that's that should be out any day soon, and. Or if not, it's already out and it looks really, it played really well. So if you like Streets of Rage, cool. let's check it out. Yeah, I'm definitely going to. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm up? Yep. Yep. Okay, so Pilgrim at DBaser404 says, Demon Soul soundtrack does not get enough love. That is completely valid. Um, the use of horns throughout the score is fantastic and it sounds like little else out there in video games. Also the song... song for a main Australia is just <laughs> nice, nice light sound effects. That's why. That's why uh, he does what he does. Yeah. So like, I okay. So um, just because you said this, I, I had to reference the my album. So um, a lot of people said that the song, the the music for that I did for Australia doesn't fit the fight, and that's the entire point. The, the the it isn't from the perspective of you battling her. It's the guilt that you should feel for battling her. Uh, interesting. Yeah, yep. that was the entire perspective. I had to say that because like I've gotten a lot of shit for like two songs on the album. One was the Maria fight, and, the, and two was Australia. And like Australia's was completely like you're the bad guy. Like you're the asshole in this situation. <laughs> you should feel like you're the bad guy and I try to like convey that the best I can and then the Maria thing I wanted to make it more like a dance than a battle theme because like sword fighting is like basically a classical style of dancing in a lot of ways so uh, there's a lot of weird music theory stuff that happens in there that I like, cool. wanted to it's nice to hear it's nice to hear from the creators thoughts and, and reasonings behind yeah, it we don't, you, don't, you don't always get that when you listen to music but but yeah like demon souls has such a good soundtrack that's why i didn't even mess like i like it's like okay so this is the, the dumbest analogy ever but like the demon soul soundtrack is like the cereal of the world it's like it's unfuckable you can't improve cereal in like 
I can't, I can't improve. <laughs> I can't improve the soundtrack. Like no one's gonna be able to be like, be like, yeah, yeah. You know what they could have done? They should have done like, no, fuck you. It's great. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. it's like so, I, I really, I can't agree more. Like it, it should get more love for the limitations that they had with the album. Uh, like or with the soundtrack in general. Like they did some, they did great stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, and Jer- I just pop in. Jeremy responded to that tweet saying, "Asteria always gets the love, but that weird adjudicator's theme is my jam for all time." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. Demon, all, all this, all the souls yeah, soundtrack is pretty good. Um, this is from Cassandra at West underscore rights um i think this is the first time you've given us feedback so thank you um persona 4 and 5 the different enough that they don't glide beneath my notice like i feel a lot of game soundtracks do for me hearing 5's music feels like coming home to be honest because i had a damn damn home in that game <laughs> good reason <laughs> yeah well, see, for me, I, I actually think soundtracks are at their best with what she said is when they actually, you don't necessarily notice them when you're playing. Yep. And I find that's what the Souls games do. Mm-hmm. They're there, they're creating feeling, but I'm not listening or hearing the music when I'm fighting those bosses. No, no you're not. <laughs> Too many things to But it's with. creating that tension and it's creating that atmos- the atmosphere that I dig. Um, and that's when I know they've done a good job. So I kind of get what she says. Yeah, but, no, I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, I will, my argument is kind of, like, I agree with you, but I also think that, like, in circumstances of, like, Shadow of the Colossus, the, the presence of music is also a reminder of the scale that you're going to, that you're going against, and also sets, like, an emotional tone on things. Because, I mean, like, um, for the fight with Avion, whenever you're at, and, like, that's my favorite song of all time in any video game ever. And it's like, it's incredible because there's so much going on. And whenever you hear it, it kind of like, you can focus on just the music and understand the context of what's happened. And I think that's really powerful. I I think that, I think that there's a lot, it's always, it's always a really interesting like dance whenever you hear the, hear like game music because you're like, oh, this music is incredible and it fits the boss, but at the same time, like, there's people like that, that don't listen to the music at all and don't pay attention to it, and it's it's always really cool to, to just like think about how much thought has to go into the the music for each boss, especially in the Soul series, whenever each boss has like such personification with their music. Yeah. Something I don't think about a lot because I'm not very good at music. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I appreciate that people do though because it does make a huge yeah, difference. Of it I can tell when music's bad yeah, you would game, notice and it, it doesn't yeah. fit. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I mean, like a good example, like a good example of of uh, the the weird like um, things of both music and the like, Soul series would be that like the there's a relationship musically with. Gwendolyn's music and Gwen's, and it's about the lead instrument. It's like if uh, have you if you ever like plucked the string of a piano, it sounds more so like a harp. And so 
like it's almost like they're related in a lot of ways, but it's like a deformed sound. And that's kind of like the personification of the actual character of Blade. So, yeah. He's a, he's a deformed deity. He's, yeah. he's a husk of what he once was. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, That's interesting, mm. yeah, because I saw somewhere recently that a harp is a naked piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so it's like, I, I, uh, I really think that, that there's a lot of cool detail that goes in with the music of stuff uh, like that. So it's, it's always great to hear like people's interest in like, the different subjects. Also, Persona 5 has an amazing soundtrack, like, all the way. Um, and it's just, it's cool to see uh, just, like, what the composer's perspective is just by, like, listening to the music and just listening and trying to, like, hear the relationship with the with the subject matter. Mm. Yep, agreed. Right, uh, my turn. Uh, next is my info at... Uh, Caleb Beta Male. Uh, he says, Twisted Metal 3. That's where I discovered Rob Zombie, plus it was a legit soundtrack. Um, I can't remember that soundtrack too, but yeah, good good shout on Rob Zombie. I remember when me, Dave and Cliff covered uh, House of a Thousand Corpses on a horror podcast and a while ago, and yeah, Rob Zombie. You have a horror is... podcast? What, sorry? You have a horror podcast? Uh, yeah, we've, uh, we, we did. Me... Um, Dave and Cliff, who's on this show as well, we we did a horror podcast for a while, but it seems to, I think we've just realised that we don't have the time to do it, unfortunately. Even though okay. um, I was like, I was about to be like, we're about to become best friends. Also, <laughs> I want well, it, it's one of those where we've yeah, we we did we did a few episodes and they were all really good. It's just because of schedules, we've sort yeah. of not officially announced it. We sort of on hiatus is probably the best way to describe it. But yeah, we covered the first episode because of the th- uh, house of a thousand corpses and, and obviously Rob zombies uh, being the director and yeah, it's it, anything with him is on the soundtrack is a legit as uh, my info says. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so Lord of the lights uh, at night. Twitten says uh, the near automata, has a killer soundtrack and fucking agree 100%. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Good choice, Cameron. Covered that. Yeah. Yep. Um, we have. Oh, no. Here we go. Josh. <laughs> morbid morbid Josh. beard time. This. For uh, <laughs> me, Fred Durst. <laughs> at Morbid Beard. <laughs> the, this is uh, Josh. He was host of the show. Um, I guess. He, once a host, always a host. Yeah, it's absolutely. Just, he, he's, he's not with us at the moment. Um, good good bloke. Terrible Twitter name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doom. I personally love the Twitter name, so please keep it. <laughs> I like the handle, yeah. Morbid Beard. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Doom with four, excla- four or five exclamation marks. Four, yeah. Four, yeah. Also, near automa- Automator, <laughs> uh, Metal Gear Solid as one giant unit. Yeah, that was given. <laughs> Size of yep. Biggest Metal Gear fan uh, in the world. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, we love our Metal Gear. Uh, Hitman. Uh, again, one giant unit. <laughs> Jack and Daxter. The precursor. The precursor legacy. Mm-hmm. Splinter Cell. Chaos Theory. Any of the Ridge Racer original OSTs. Loaded. 
I've forgotten. Oh, God, I forget that game. Yeah, that's... I've played there was, what and there was, what, there was a, I the sequel was called Reloaded from what I remember. Yeah, that's yeah. Genius. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is it? What type of game is it? Cuz it, it sounds familiar but Ooh. It I'm trying to remember now. I do remember cuz remember the cover was had like a, had, a, had, a, had a weird clown on it. Uh yeah, it did. Um yeah, it was like a top-down sort of shooter really, um of sorts. It was like um Oh, yeah, I played that. Yeah. I hired it out. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. The, 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 the cover art's not the one we hit, no. though. But yeah, it was cool. That's it. And that you got yeah. reloaded, which is the sequel. Yeah. God, that's Maybe, yeah, years yeah, old. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Hmm. Yes, it was forgotten. Josh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and kind of ironically, Jazz Jack Rabbit 2. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, then a few minutes later, in caps, he responds to himself saying, How could I forget Silent Hill 2? Josh, how could you forget that? How could you? Uh, man, that soundtrack kills me every time I listen to it. It's a masterpiece of an album. I feel terrible for not including it originally, but I had only been awake for 10 minutes. <laughs> right Good man. Good man. Nice. Um, and knowing Josh, that was only 10 minutes. That was only 20 minutes after he went to sleep. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I'd agree with him on that. Spe- I mean, when I was thinking of my own list for this, is. Doom 2016 especially was going to be on there because that is a phenomenal soundtrack. Any metal fan, yeah. any metal which, fan yeah, which, love that, that my, album. Yeah, Josh is. Um, yeah, yep. good shout on all those. Definitely. Um, right, uh, next is Bucklord at Global Mega Dude. And he's also put Silent Hill 2, Halo. Yep, yeah, I definitely agree with Halo. And Nia are amongst the very best, but all soundtracks pale in comparison to the unbridled majest- uh, majesty that is Xenon 2 Mega Blast on the Amiga. See, people are going old school. I am um, honoured and thankful to have been born in an era that allows me to experience its godly existence. <laughs> so that is a hell of a statement. But yeah, I, I, can't, I can't remember Xenon 2, admittedly, but um, yeah, definitely on Halo, added to the mix. That's got a fantastic soundtrack across yeah, the board. I'm not a huge... You're not a huge Halo fan. Mm. It's a fun enough game, mm. but the yeah, the the menu, the kind of the th- main themes are very, very impressive. Yep, definitely. They kind of get you get your feels going mm-hmm. pretty quick and get you ready to to fight. Oh, is that a bit of a uh, bit of emotion creeping in there? Yeah, because yeah, I yeah. like to fight, <laughs> shoot things, shoot, shoot demands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to hold on. I have to send you the link to to that episode of Game Grumps. It's the best. Please do. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, Xeno, Xeno 2 Mega Blast is fantastic. Mm. I'm listening to it now. Oh, is it? Nice. I'll do it. Look it's up. really good. Cool. I'm going <laughs> to check that out. Why do I already have Call of Duty Shooter Man as a frequently searched item? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to put it in the show notes for sure then. Yeah, definitely. All right. Short uh, term, Mark. Okay. Too busy googling. Oh, is he googling? Sorry. <laughs> All right. Call of Duty Shooter Man. <laughs> PG thirteen. <laughs> Classic. All right, Mark, you want to take us on Visceral Queen? Oh yeah, sorry. Okay, I'm showing you. Lost oh. He's he's got emotional about Call of Duty Shooter Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going down a rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. 
Don't don't let me start watching the game. There's nothing. You with us, Mark? All right, all right. So, Visual Queen. Should we should we carry uh, on with them? <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess shit. I'll take. Oh, there is the entire oh. time. Oh, you're back. Hey. Yeah. All right, do you want to take? So yeah, I'm sorry. I, I got into the rabbit hole of uh, of watching Call of Duty shoot a man. <laughs> See, <laughs> I forgot okay. time. That's what he's doing. We called it. So, Visceral Queen, and, um, or some say Cosm, a friend of mine, uh, yeah, she says Bastion will always be a favorite because play the game and you'll find out. Nice. Good reasoning. <laughs> Bastion yeah, was, was a phenomenal game. And yeah. I love the soundtrack. Absolutely. It was very cool. Unfortunately, I, I think I played mostly of the sound off because I played on my phone. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. And, yeah it's a phone game, isn't it? And so, but I did also play with a little bit of audio, and it was very good what I did here, but unfortunately I had it on silent most of the time because I was like playing in public or whatnot. <laughs> I apologize. I mean, um, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Oh, he's used the mum. He's used the parent line there. <laughs> you can be mad. Um, and visceral queen, she helped me decide on my haircut, current haircut. Wow, that's power. Wow. Yeah. I've got my uh, Ragnar Lossbrook here at the moment, shaved, shaved sides and ponytail. <laughs> nice. nice. Ragnar Losbrock called us so dude around. Anyway. <laughs> um, Dylan at Dex Temp... I don't know. I mean, Temper... Be, uh, I suppose it's Dexter Temp-Pepper. M. Pepper, isn't it? Have you ever just like purposely said all of the all the handle names wrong? <laughs> oh, we do it. We, we don't do it. We do it not on purpose, just because I'm useless at it. <laughs> I would, oh, man. I'm so glad I don't have a podcast. I would purposely just like butcher every single app. <laughs> it's fine. I, 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 don't e- I don't even need to try. I do it <laughs> naturally. Yeah. Yes, you're right. It is Dexter MP, but we know Dylan. Mm-hmm. He is a good bloke. He's uh, one of the a quarter of the Chomp Chain podcast yep. and one half of the Pretenders Guild. Yeah, the. Um, with. With Chris, the Elder Scrolls one, the yep. role playing yep. part, yeah, the Elder, well, generic all the the covering Elder Scrolls at the moment. It's the all role playing, oh, right. video game, um, podcast where they create characters and talk about the stories they make nice. as they play through the games. It's it's fun. Listen, hmm. really good. Chris and him are cool. Um, he says Tony Hawk's Pro Skater was the first time I heard the Dead Ke- Kennedys. So I'm forever grateful for that. Yep. My favorite OST, uh, though, is Tears for the Outer Scrolls. Yeah, the Outer Scrolls, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, I was like, what's Tears? And then I like, realized what I'm talking about. The Outer Scrolls for it's, it's, Oblivion. It sounds like a Chinese knockoff of the, of the NES, doesn't it? It's like, <laughs> yeah, so I've just bought my... Uh, my Wintendo Tez. Let me finish. Um, such serene compositions, and they work really well in my D&D game too. Yes, they would. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That kind of... Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks for writing oh, in, Dylan. Yeah. Definitely agreed on the Tony Hawk's brilliant soundtrack. Oh, Not- yeah, which is frustrating when they did when they redid the HD version that came out on the uh, like the Xbox 360. They lost. Do you know they did an HD version of the original? I had no idea. Well, you do. There you go. They did. Um, it was on the P- 
I think, well, it's definitely on the Xbox 360, but I'm guessing it was on the PS3 as well. But the problem is, the only slight downside to it is they couldn't use the original soundtrack due to licensing, so they had to do a brand right. new soundtrack, which is still good, but just not as good as the original. Mm. Um, right, uh, next. Oh, I'm going to have to breathe in for this one. Look how many, look how many on there. All right, next is Jala Prendes at Jala Chan, and she says, uh, in constant rotation, <gasps> lunar, external blue, uh, oh, sorry, eternal blue, uh, Robert, Robert, I can't even say my words now, Robot Roller <laughs> Derby Disco Dodgeball, uh, Bastion, Planescape Torment, yeah, good, uh, Dot Hack, miscellaneous tracks from Final Fantasy series, Shining Force, uh, Nerevar Rising, the Morrowind version. Uh, Chrono Trigger, yes, definitely. Uh, Trying to Guilty Gear and Corpse Party. Wow, that is a list, isn't it? Yes, it is. That is a- uh, Corpse. Corpse Party is like I think it's an indie kind of one of these kind of um, RPG maker type games. I think from. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Um, yeah, she's talked about it on her on her podcast mm. where she um the the level. Oh on yeah, the with Duck Feet Network. Yep, yep. Nice with Cole and Ben and I can't remember the other. That's one that Cole Cole yeah. Ross is on, isn't it? Level is it? Yeah, yeah. he he manages yeah. he he leads that one. Mm-hmm. Good listen. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good list. Yeah. Shining Force is my and Final Fantasy is my top picks from those. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. I think. Um, I think mine would be Chrono Trigger from that list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That too. That's also good. Mm-hmm. Very good game. I wouldn't be able to tell you what the sound the soundtrack's like, but I can tell you it's a good game. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <that's good. laughs> but, yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, Finish it off. So, from Doctor Doctor Faust, Doctor Faust is dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus, and fucking absolutely. Yep. That, <laughs> good choice, Leonard. Yeah, like I've, I, I had, um, I used to on my other PC. I had like a counter of how long I've, I listened to like, or how many times I had a song repeat, uh, or I played, played it. And I think like Despair filled farewell from that soundtrack. I played well over like eight thousand times. <laughs> wow! I played like the. <laughs> Like I've listened to it the equivalent of almost like a week of my entire life. <laughs> so. That's probably more times I listen to any song in general. Yeah, I was gonna say. That's, <laughs> like in all the songs, every song. Um, yeah. Um, who's put this in all <laughs> yeah, the size of these lids? I was like, hang on, there's more. <laughs> it's a, for those who can't see what I see, because yeah. you're listening, yeah. it's a Sh- Shadow of the Colossus PS4 cover, yeah. but instead of Shadow of the Colossus, it says, in war of the size of these lands. lands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's I the UK It's the UK cover yeah. art. <laughs> wow. <laughs> very good, very good. I just scrolled down randomly um, and I said, wait a minute, where's this come from? <laughs> yeah, because I thought I had one more. Yeah, uh, we've got Ragavan Suresh mm. at Ragav underscore an a n, and it's near Automator, and I'm sure I've pronounced that different every time. Yeah, I, I think you do. It's just like I think you roll the dice, don't you? Go, right, am I going to pronounce it this Surely time? <laughs> cover my bases. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, and uh, Okami. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, they are just amazing beyond description. Good choice. And then we have another feedback <laughs> from, I think, Mark. <laughs> be the... Be the well you want to see in the world. What a great way <laughs> to like a... <laughs> sum it up, yeah. Yes. Be the well. Be the well. Yeah. Is that be the world of Warcraft? Yeah, you want yeah to, I was thinking about So we've got to wear big shoulder pads? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, we, do we mean we have a different dance move each as well? Oh, this is, I think that was one of my personal highlights of World of Warcraft. Where each, oh, you don't each... want me to tell me you bust out the dance moves. Yeah. <laughs> the, running, the running man. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, the running man. <laughs> good good chat boys yeah. good chat that yeah, was absolutely. that was um yeah epic and long <laughs> yeah two yes. hours and my apologies minutes. yep uh so we better wrap up because we're gonna be in trouble <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. for going so long yep. but it's been a stellar chat um yeah. mark do you mind just telling people where they can find your goodness on the internet um so i'm on twitter more than I should be. Um, my my handle uh, is uh, at Mark with a C. It's M A R C straight S T R A I G H T. Um, it's like my Twitter is primarily shit posts with a little bit of music thrown in there. Um, so, uh, in addition to that, I have my new well, my album uh, Souls and Blood coming to physical disc. Uh, you can find it on my Bandcamp. It's just Bandcamp. It's at markstraight.bandcamp.com. And I also have a YouTube channel where I post all of my more recent works in music. And that's just youtube.com slash markstraight. Awesome. Cool. You can find me on MySpace. I'm joking. (laughs) Bebo. No. Uh, MSN Messenger. <laughs> Too many. You only can have th- you only have the first three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Matt, what about you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Ninja Badger Seven, the number seven. Uh, you can find me on the other main podcast I do with Dave and Cameron, which is Monster Dear Monster, which is where we talk about monsters and what they get up to. Um, also, me and Cameron have start have recently started or about to start, I should say, just waiting for iTunes to sort it out a Warhammer 40k Warhammer Age of Sigma podcast for people that are interested in those universes where we talk about the lore and everything like that. But that's sort of about to oh, start. Cool. So yeah, it's be be about like we review stuff and talk about yeah, it'd be more background as opposed to the the, the miniatures and stuff like that. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Very cool. Um, and I am your host. Uh, Vader Van Oden and you can find me almost anywhere at Vader Van Oden Uh, my one plug today is I spent way too long doing a Megablocks Halo Warthog build video with my son oh cool and I've probably spent good 12 hours (laughs) 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 Uh, I don't know it's hard to say so yeah basically we we review the 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 set and we build it and we do stop motion so one photo per brick um and that's in the video so check out on our youtube so please watch it because we spent way too long on it and we're pretty happy with the outcome it's pretty fun so do me a favor (laughs) and acknowledge our waste of time uh but yeah this has been a really fun episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can find the podcast at Dark Insight Pod on Twitter or at darkinsight.net is our website. Um, please join us for the next episode and we'll see you then. 
Or you'll hear from us then. (laughs) Bye for now. Bye.